Hi, I'm Brad Rex, the former vice president for Disney's Epcot theme park, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge podcast. Hi there, I'm Lee Cockrell. I'm the former executive vice president of Walt Disney World, and Mickey Mouse was my boss. And you're listening to the Coaster Challenge podcast. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Yes, I accept the Coaster Challenge. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Coaster Challenge Podcast is here. It's time to face your fears. Get that theme park therapy and lend us both your Coaster ears. Challenge Podcast is here. Your fear can disappear. We know that theme park therapy can drive all your tears. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Yes, I accept the Coaster Challenge. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? We accept because you know we're not average. You're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. A journey where people become fearful to fearless, all from riding roller coasters. So please secure your hats and glasses and keep your hands and arms inside the podcast. It's time to accept the Coaster Challenge with your host, Andrew Locke. Hey everyone, this is Andrew, one of the executive producers of the Coaster Challenge podcast. Here at the Coaster Challenge podcast, we like to talk about how we're just getting started. This special episode, for example, marks the end of just our second season. In contrast, today, we're going to talk to two individuals whose podcast just started its 17th season. That's right, 17, almost 20 years of this podcast. The Coaster Challenge podcast is very proud to welcome from CoasterRadio.com, founders and hosts, Mike Collins and EB. Welcome, guys. Hey, how's it going, Andrew and David? Yes, welcome. How are you guys doing? So great, great to have you guys here. Great to be yeah, here. Yeah, so, we're so, here with you. I'm so you used were, to saying it the other way. I'm so used to saying it the other way. It's we weird to have, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's weird to be like on somebody's show because I'm always so used to like welcoming people on our show. So see, it just like was just a uh, old hat a habit to do that. So that's right. Everybody, yeah, yeah. welcome well, to coasterradio.com. <laughs> no, I love that, Mike. That's hilarious. It's like you're in automatic mode because, like you said, you're so used to you know doing things, uh, you know, being on the other side of things. But hey, at least you guys will get to in a certain way relax and not have to worry about you know following your your uh your rundown or you know what you guys have to do you can just kind of sit back and just uh you know we let me guests, take the lead mike we are guests so, take I your like shoes that. off at the front door have I a seat that. we're gonna bring you a glass of water see and, and you're right like the pressure is off because we can just kind of sit back and make talk. yourself like, at home you're right andrew when yeah. we do coaster radio there's like so much <laughs> pressure to like get things right and like we're like trying to keep things moving but now we can just kind of kick back and enjoy it so this is good i like it this is good. That's right. No scripting of game shows or you know yes. nothing like that. So too much. It's too much so, work. It's too much work doing those podcasts. So we should yeah, stop doing oh, Coaster yeah. Radio and just be full time guests. We'll be those kind of people. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> We're just. I like the idea of that. Yes. Yeah. Just tour the podcast circuit. Yeah, uh-huh. that's right, guys. But there are enough of them out guys. there these days. Yeah, you know, like I think like there's so many theme park podcasts there now. Are. We can do that. Yeah. There are a lot. There are a lot. But don't worry. We're going to make sure that this episode of Coaster Challenge has some coaster radio flair to it we'll be huh. getting into that with some of the things i'll talk to you guys about later we'll have a, All right. have a little fun a little little bit of fun a little bit of fun i think you guys will enjoy that but uh before that we'll we'll talk about some other things talk about you guys this as individuals you know so you're not just coaster radio i know that's a shocker but you guys are actual real people and everything have real lives and and enjoy the parks and whatnot but uh before we get to that i just wanted to share uh, i mentioned that i would mention this when we before we started recording so i'm a big podcast consumer and I started listening to podcasts about five, six years ago, because uh, back then, especially, I was in my car a lot. I was driving a lot for, for the job that I had. 
And, uh, you know, I was choosing podcasts, looking for podcasts, talking to friends. And I was looking for podcasts that are related to my interest, which I think is what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, we tend to, we don't, you know, if I don't like, you know, basket weaving, I'm not going to go look for podcasts about basket weaving. There probably are podcasts about basket weaving. But, you know, so I was looking for podcasts about technology, about uh, movies, about travel, and about, of course, coasters and theme parks, one of my number one uh, passions. And one of the very first podcasts that I started listening to, again, five, six years ago was Coaster Radio. So yeah. I've not been there all 17 years. Uh-huh. And no, I, and, and, and sorry, guys, I apologize. I don't mean to offend you, but you know, I'm not one of those people that has had time to go back in the entire archive from episode one. I'd love <laughs> to do that. I, I, I would love to meet, the, I know you guys have been interested too. You mentioned on, on your podcast, you know, the people that have come in in the past couple of years. I think you mentioned one recently at, at the uh, meetup this past year in Florida that there was uh, someone that contacted you guys. He had just started the podcast and went back to from episode one and i'm like i don't know how people have time for that that's, uh-huh. that's crazy yeah the amount of yes. time that that would take i think didn't you do the math on it once evie about how, how many months it would take if you listen oh to- yeah it was it's, it's really fascinating because we've been doing it for 17 years now at this point but we also we're pretty prolific and pretty regular that's something that we pride ourselves on we put out you know 45 48 50 episodes a year um, trying to get something out there just about every single week. So over 17 years times, you know, 45, that's, that's an awful lot. There were like, oh, did we hit 700 episodes already, Mike? Are we on our we're, way we're, to 700? We're close. We are close yeah. to it right now. So yeah. So if you average about an hour an episode, that's 700 hours. It's a long time. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. That's absolutely wild. So in any case, yeah, that's where I came in here. And, you know, I've been a big fan of your podcast for years. And we'll be talking again a lot more about Coaster Radio and and what you know what what you guys think about it you know kind of taking a step away from mm-hmm. you're not doing the show today but you can obviously talk about Coaster Radio because we we'd love to do that uh, and I'll you know I'll, I'll kind of talk about you know my thoughts on on the questions as well and perspective but we'll get into that later but in the first half of the interview we're going to kind of go through our normal what we what I call the theme park time machine uh, and what we call our fear journey with you guys with each of you and and so these first you know set of questions we'll, we'll have each of you answer them and you know again we're not going to be super formal here so whoever wants to go first and you can change back and forth or whatnot we just want to make sure both we answer these questions mm-hmm. uh the first one is a warm-up not that you guys need to warm up you guys are professionals now but <laughs> but anyways you know i know you guys i've met you guys i've been a big fan of this uh, again Coast radio for years as i mentioned but you know for those in our audience that don't know you guys or don't know you as well just if each of you could just tell us a little bit about yourselves go ahead Sure. Well, I'll, I can I can go first. And, and my my story is, is very similar to Mike's story. You know, we've been uh, friends for a long time. So um, I grew up in northern Virginia and went to I graduated from George Mason University. And while I was there, I interned with a little public television station. Um, and that's where I met Mike. Mike was a, a, a young uh, producer at the station um, at the time. And uh, we worked on some shows together there. And then when the whole station kind of collapsed in on itself, we Mike had the good idea of, you know, coming up with some other creative project that we could all get back together again. We had other friends at the station as well. There were several uh, of us that were all friends there. And that's when Coaster Radio started. This was back in 2005 before YouTube. We're, we're older than YouTube. Um, <laughs> and there were there were five of us at the time and we were we called ourselves the Joint Chiefs. And so that's where Coaster Radio started. Um, and then I got married and had kids and moved out to Indiana uh, to you know, stretch my legs and have some more space and a shorter commute, and that sort of thing. And uh, the the podcast kind of stopped. 
uh, we kind of burned out a little bit because we were even back in those days trying to keep a, a busy schedule of cranking out the show every single week. But at the time we were all coming together at Mike's house, you know, we were physically having to, to go and, and actually meet up together. Um, and then after I came out to Indiana, it wasn't too long after that, that Mike said, Hey, what if we did the podcast again? Because we can connect over this new thing, uh, called Skype <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> Uh, was it Skype originally, or was there something even before Skype, Mike? I don't remember. No, I, I think it was Skype. I think Skype was just starting to get big. You yeah, know, right so. when Skype first started, I think is when we realized we could bring the podcast back, maybe, and that's uh, and the rest is history. So that's that's kind of my story. Yeah, Mike's story. Yeah, that's yeah, the it, it, yeah. You know, like it, like Eb said, like it was it was great because we met uh, creating content. You know, we worked for this television station, and the TV station was wild, man. It was producing like uh kids television shows during the afternoon and then at night it was bringing in bands of all different genres rock rap hip-hop wow. uh jazz everything was coming through there and so you know it was just creating content and like eb said it was, it was sad one day when all of that went away but the funny thing was none of us got fired we just got told to sit there and wait until <laughs> they came up with whatever we were going to do. So we were so in oh. this mode of like creating content. And all of a sudden there was no content to create. So at that moment, uh, it, we sort of came up with the idea for uh, doing a podcast. Podcasts were just starting. Like it was just the very first. I think there were like 200 podcasts out there or something at that point. And uh, so we said, hey, let's let's do one about uh, theme parks. And it's something I had always thought about. And uh, so, so that's what it is. So that that's what I am. That's what EB is. We're just we're guys who like to create content. We do that in our real life jobs. But uh, you know, it's it's turned into such a great thing, uh, doing it with Coaster Radio and getting a chance to not only great, create great content but uh, meet great people too. Yeah, and that and that's where the name yeah. of the show Coaster Radio comes from. Is I mean, this we the idea came up from Mike. This is all Mike. You know, um, was going to be just a uh, internet radio show at first right, right. Uh, because internet radio was kind of a big deal in the early 2000s um and then when podcasting finally came along there in 2005 it was like oh it could be a podcast and we were like what's a podcast <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right. yeah but but that's that's the origins of the name coaster radio is that it was it was originally intended to be a, an internet radio program um yeah the name stuck interesting yep. well yeah i mean certainly given you guys have been around for so long things change the technology changes you know, like internet radio, not podcasting, you know, who knows how long podcasts will be around, but, you know, they definitely seem to have legs. But, yeah, you guys have been through quite a bit of, of change in technology and, and changing in the theme park landscape. You you guys, you know, were there the year prior to what I think was a pivotal moment in the theme park industry, which was, you know, right around 2010, 2009, 2010, when uh, the Wizarding World opened here at Universal Orlando, which is, you know, mm -hmm. five minutes from where I live. I live here in Orlando. Uh, I think that was a, a huge, huge change for the theme park industry and what's come since. Uh, and I think opened up a new golden age of the theme park industry with the high level of theming and, you know, bouncing Universal back from the brink of bankruptcy and challenging Disney. No one had ever challenged Disney before ever. And yeah. so, you know, you guys have been there before and during and after. And I know you guys talk, you know, of course, a lot about theme parks now, you know, especially I think Mike, by the way. So I, I know that both of you, even now, even after almost 20 years, you don't consider yourselves enthusiasts or, you know, enthusiasts as we now call them. You guys are, are, you know, you're not, you're not, you know, necessarily getting all, you know, nerdy about your coaster count and getting your credits necessarily. You like getting your credits, but you guys are more theme park enthusiasts, right? More so than just coaster enthusiasts. 
That's what I think. I, I, I think at least speaking for myself, I, I, I like theme parks overall rather than running to the roller coaster first. You know, I, I, I kind of right. like coming in and seeing how areas are themed and how things are tied together and how there are storylines behind what you're seeing. You know, I, to me, I like it when a roller coaster has a story like more than, oh my gosh, it has yes. this many inversions. Like to me, that's what I get excited about more than, you know, some of the rides itself. Although it, the, the funny thing is, is that meeting people over time who are, you know, thuzies and are excited about that stuff, it rubs off on you a little bit. And I think maybe, sure. maybe it's the same with you too. Like it's kind of rubbed up on us a little bit uh, to where we get, we, I think we're a little more closer to enthusiasts than we were when we started. Oh yeah. Well, when we first started, it was, uh, we were pitiful, right. And, and people yes. definitely made fun of us you know, in the community. <laughs> it was like, because we didn't even know anything. Mike was a big, Mike was mostly a Disney fan and the rest of us had gone to like three parks, um, ever. Um, and then, you know, it, it took us a little while to, to come off. And then I think we've always kind of pride, prided ourselves on, uh, being accessible to the newbies, you know, we we want to be a, some uh, a podcast that the casual fan and the enthusiast can enjoy um, equally. Uh, but it was hard for us to relate, I think, to the enthusiast because of our inexperience. But over the years, um, our coaster counts have gotten up there. I think we have yeah. coaster counts that we can be quite proud of, and we can hang with anybody <laughs> at this point. You know, we've been to enough parks and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I, 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 we, we, we have also, also always, uh, kind of played both sides pretty well. It's coasterradio.com, the original theme park podcast. So we always make sure to say in the same breath, you know, as roller coasters, we say theme parks. And when we say theme parks, we always say roller coasters. So we can, we play both sides pretty well. There we go. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That's a good balance. That's a really good point there. Just in the, the name or how the, you kind of your elevator pitch, you know, you have mm -hmm. with the tagline is for the podcast that's a really good point there eb and and i definitely from listening to the show in, in the more recent years here i think eb you definitely come across as a little bit more of the, on the thuzy side because mm -hmm. you get excited about your trips about it yeah i got all my credits i made sure i got all my credits and, and oh yeah uh, you know and then you know mike originally you came in as, as the theme park guy and but certainly both of you've gotten more into the, the coasters over the years which makes sense you're you're talking about them every week you're interviewing people about them you're meeting people i mean you know, of course, it's gonna that's gonna happen that way, and and you know, I've changed over the years too, and my interests, and you know, I used to think of myself as a coaster enthusiast, but in reality, I've known for a number of years now. I'm like you, Mike. I'm a theme park enthusiast. Yeah, I love coasters, but I love everything. Like I I, I go. I I'm very fortunate. I've got friends all over the world. I just got back from Europe, and I hung out with a whole bunch of local Europeans there. You know, a couple guys from Netherlands, Belgium, Germany, uh, Switzerland. And all enthusiasts are all enthusiasts, and most of them, they're not into the theme park stuff. They're just they're just there for the coasters. So they're like, you know, you're oh Andrew, you're gonna go see shows now. Oh, we're gonna go marathon this coaster. And like, oh, right, mm -hmm, that's fine. Mm -hmm. We can split up for a little while. You know, if we each have our different interests. But but yeah. So so Mike, I, I appreciate that that you're kind of that well rounded sort of theme park enthusiast, and and I and I can hear that from kind of your take on things on the podcast. And but it's been great seeing both of you, you know, kind of blossom into you know, getting really passionate. You're not just covering <laughs> this, this, this thing that you guys started, you know, 20 years ago where you really weren't, you know, into it that much necessarily. Uh, you guys have really become uh, in many ways experts. So. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah. you know, what's neat too, is like, I, I, when I was a kid, I'd have this feeling when I'd walk up to a theme park and go through the gates and, you know, you were about to have a full day ahead of you of all this fun and rides and food and, you know, even when I was a kid, like the theming and stuff, it was so great. I still feel that today 
you know, all these years later, but it's even enhanced more now, thanks to the podcast, like getting a chance to talk to people who actually create the rides and stuff. It just makes it all better. Uh, just knowing what oh, goes yeah. into it, you know, like I, I, the other day I was like standing at the um, station of Pantheon and I was just looking down at the track as I was waiting to ride and like all just the little sensors and stuff. And I thought back to when he and I, you know, interviewed the people who like do that for a living. And it just it makes it so much like more exciting, just so much more rich, uh, you know, just to know those type of things. And the the more rides you ride and the more parks you go to, you just build up in your own mind this library of experience that you can, you know, really compare and contrast. Um, I loved going to parks just to kind of experience a different park. Like, oh, this is how they do it. And this is how they do the layout. And this is what, you know, it's just really fun to see how different parks um, do the same things. I mean, all the parks are the same, really, if you think about it. But they're also so widely, such a wide variety of parks out there, too, at the same time as they're so similar. No, really good point by both of you. And, and yeah, I mean, this is a hobby that this isn't a simple hobby. This isn't something where there's just a few choices or a few options. There are, you know, thousands of coasters, thousands of parks all over the world and so many different dark rides and shows and different types of theming and different IP associated original, original IP as well. Uh, and, you know, there's so much. And like you said, EB, there's each park has a different flair and different, a different aspects and nuances. And there's so much to take in too at each park. And, and then, you know, all the news that comes out of course you guys cover so well in your podcast, there's just so much to it. It's, it's, it's all encompassing. So I, I get it. I get it. Well, thanks for sharing kind of, you know, your, your kind of your past and kind of how you got started. And, and uh, you know, and you know, I really appreciate, you know, obviously, again, we'll talk about Coaster Radio in more depth and and what it is and, and, and some unique things about it a little bit later. But for now, again, let's talk about you guys. So the really now the interview is really kicking in uh, what we typically talk about at our theme park time machine. First question, sort of a freebie. It's very simple, although for some people, it's a little challenging in that it, it requires you to kind of look back. But what basically we asked our first question here is what is the first coaster that you wrote? Now, to make it easier, if you don't re- necessarily remember the first coaster, just whatever the one that you remember riding, the first one you remember riding may not be your actual first coaster. So, yeah, again, each of you can go ahead and answer that question. I, I always answer it's a super duper looper at uh, Hershey Park. Right. I remember nice. that was the first time that I went upside down on a roller coaster for sure. Maybe I rode something smaller. Maybe I rode some kiddie rides somewhere else um, before that. But I definitely remember going to Hershey Park and we had been before, but this was the year that I was going to actually ride Super Duper Looper and go upside down. So yeah, that, that's the one I always say. Yeah. And for nice. me, it was the Scooby-Doo coaster at King's Dominion, <laughs> which is now called Woodstock Express, but I refuse uh-huh. to call it that. Because uh, I still call it the Scooby Doo as I walk by, and the cool thing is, just like Super Duper Looper, it's still there, uh-huh, so you can yep. like go and like still check it out. They haven't torn it down or anything, and so I love riding that even today. Um, you know, just I think I think I still call it the Scooby Doo coaster to yeah. the last time. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yep. and it's so great. It's and my daughter is almost old enough to ride it, so I'm I'm excited for that day. Uh-huh. Uh huh. She gets to get on it too, and I want to see if she, you know, if if it sparks her love of roller coasters too. We'll see. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, by the way, I'm sure EB and again, I've not gone through that back catalog. Maybe I will have a chance at some point. And I'm guessing perhaps this came into play in those older episodes for you, EB. But at least for me, since I've been listening since about 2017 or so, you know, Mike, you know, with your daughter, with Emma, 
you know, mm-hmm. kind of the journey of, like, you know, getting excited, like the Peppa Pig, you know, you did last year, which is awesome. I love listening to that. And, you know, her starting to get in, onto these coasters, you know, she's getting tall enough and, and brave enough. And, uh, and I'm sure as a dad, you just love, you know, being being into the parks, you know, love kind of that for her and, and enjoying that with her. Right. I mean, it's oh, a lot, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. It's so great. Yeah, like yeah. we rode the great pumpkin coaster uh, this year at Kings Dominion and I, it, she surprised me wanting to go on it, but um, it just happened to be, it's one of those roller coasters. You don't get to pick your seat. So uh, it just happened to be that we got in the front row. And as we were going oh. over the first hill, like she threw her hands up in the air and I was like, Oh, how oh. did who taught you to do that? Like, <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't tell her to do that. Or uh, like, she just <laughs> did it automatically. And I thought that was so funny. So, you know, I was like, you know, like that's so cool did not know that ahead of that's time awesome. it must be in the dna that's what i'm thinking that's awesome that's really cool nice nice it sounds like she's gonna be a natural uh enthusiast there you got yeah. one <laughs> she'll probably have a bigger I mean, coaster some... count than i do which isn't hard but you know <laughs> that'll be good yeah <laughs> i mean some kids are braver than others you know the the, the, yeah. the the people i talk to the families i meet just even separate from the podcast is friends and families that i meet you know, and that you know, kids and, you know, or even, you know, talking to, to those people that I meet as adult, and we go back and talk about them as kids. You know, some people, they they were riding upside down coasters, thrill coasters, you know, the big boys, the big coasters, you know, when they were, you know, nine, 10 years old, they were tall enough. Others, you know, like me, you know, I, I was I was scared and I was intimidated, you know, especially by inversions. And I it wasn't until I was 17, not that I was that much older, but I was not a mm-hmm. kid. Was basically an adult that was my first uh you know time i rode an inverted coaster and uh you know each each of us has a different journey some i have you know like you know very close friends in my life they're ba- basically you know like family and their daughter their younger of their two kids gosh she we went to disney world uh, a couple few years ago and she wanted to go on everything now she wasn't tall enough because she was only about five at the time so she couldn't quite go on everything even at disney world but and she she was ready to go on anything there versus her older brother who was like four or five years older than her he was afraid of going on things so you know it's, it's kind of interesting how the, and the mind is different of course for each person so oh yeah yeah and actually that's a great segue into our fear journey which is the next couple of questions i'm going to ask you guys okay so you know I, i'm guessing this is not your first coasters but it might have been but think back to all the coasters you've written and it'll probably easy because this one will probably pop out for you what coaster that you've ridden in your life is the one that scared you the most that intimidated you the most? Yeah, this was an interesting one. And Mike and I were talking about this. We're like, oh, they're going to talk to us about like what roller coasters scare you. And I don't know if roller coasters have ever scared me. And I was trying to think back, like when I was younger, I mean, I think I just had regular, like nervous about riding roller coasters, but I was never, I never refused to ride. I was never the type to, to really be scared or have my friends have to make me ride. And then I remembered a time that I actually was scared to ride a roller coaster. And I remembered a couple of times and it's when I literally think the roller coaster is unsafe. And I think maybe I'm justified. (laughs) So, and so these are both, these are both examples of when I was an adult. So the first one I'm going to say is um, the first time I ever rode um, Phoenix at Knobles with <laughs> right. my kids who were like I almost toddlers at the time, I think. And if you've ridden Phoenix at Knobles, that ride yep. just like almost throws you out. And that was, I think, the first time ever riding a roller coaster with my child that I actually believed and maybe even still now believe that me holding onto them kept them on the train. 
that was writing yeah. Phoenix that kind of yeah. 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 So that's number one, <laughs> right? Um, and then number two, the last time that I was at Kennywood and I rode Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt, of course, is is one of their ancient old wooden roller coasters. I rode in the front car, um, and I got into the front car and I sat down, and it just has the flat front um, there in that yes. front car. It, you know, it's just it's a wood train, and I think I pushed my knees into that front part of the uh, of of the train, and it came loose. Oh, <laughs> like it it oh. broke. It broke like it's it's attached with bolts on the left and bolts on the right to the floor like L brackets and the right L bracket came off and I rode the entire Thunderbolt holding on to that and keeping it on. And then when I got back to the station, I pointed at the person and said, the bolts broke off. And they shut down the <laughs> oh road. Oh, my gosh. So that oh was the God. other that, time. That, <laughs> that, wow. That last story EB, makes me think of Fred Grubb. Uh, you know, for RMC, and he, uh-huh. he would, when he'd go with his family on coasters, like the ones that they built, and, you know, one of the first rides, you know, when the, when that coaster was first getting commissioned, and he would bring a loose bolt with him and, sh- and going up a lift till he'd show it to his family and say, oh, look what I found, you know, trying to be a big, big prankster, you know, he just brought the bolt on the coaster with him and, you know, and he, <laughs> he's just, you know, you know, make, trying to freak people out. But you actually went through that in reality with with Thunderbolt. That's yeah, that's why I actually, so, yeah, I actually sat yeah. down and it came off it, it, the, the whole the front of the train came halfway off and I felt like I really was holding it together <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> wow. Well, the, here's the thing about fear. Sometimes fear is, is you know, is justified. You know, sometimes it's like, uh, oh, that does not look like a good situation. Look, look at this coaster falling apart. Oh, shoot, I'm now on this coaster and I'm, there's no turning back now. So, and potentially we can we can look at that, but there's nothing EV where you sort of have that irrational fear. You were just scared because of well, the size of the coaster, the speed. or the, Not roller coasters, drop yeah. rides. And I still don't, I still. Oh, sure. Drop rides all the way. Every time I, I do not okay. like drop rides, especially the um, like a space shot where it shoots you up. Not so bad, um, but the drop ride where you slowly ascend to the top of the tower, yeah, and then there's like a pause, and then you drop. I hate them. I hate them. They're not fun. They're scary. Um, I don't enjoy the drop itself. The entire experience is not fun. I will ride them though, because okay. I know that it's okay. not because I know I should. I have nothing to fear, and it should be exactly. fun because it's an amusement park ride. But my my. My brain, you know, my my lizard brain is telling me you should not be up that high and you should not let yourself fall that far. So it, but right. I have to, but I feel right. like I, I feel like it's something I have to do to overcome it. I, I, I so I do ride. Okay. Them. Okay. Haunts. Haunts. So I'm get- haunts is my other one. Now I'm coming up with all sorts of things I'm scared of. I hate the haunts <laughs> with, with live actors, but again, I will always go through a haunt no matter how scary it is, just because I feel like I should, you know. But I hate the haunts too; they're very scary to me. That's a very, those are both two very commonly feared rides to the point where, you know, some of my most intense Thuzi friends, you know, from the coaster perspective, I have, mm-hmm. I have a couple, uh, at least a couple that they won't do the drop ride. It's like, they have not conquered that side of fear, even though they're, you know, theme park coaster enthusiasts, they just have that, or even the spinning rides or, you know, it, 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 you know, stuff like that. But so I totally get it. And Hans, you know, I've got, again, I've got theme park and coaster enthusiast friends. They don't do the haunts. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I can think of a few here, just friends here in, in Orlando. They're, you know, they they don't like getting scared in that way, or you know, the thematic aspect of it, the you know, the horror aspect of it. I love it myself. I love haunts, 
because uh, I love horror, but I totally get it, EB. Uh, you know, I'm guessing that there's a part of you, EB, that, that when you when you guys were just down here for the meetup uh, in Orlando and Tampa, that you were glad that Falcon's Fury was not open. Well, I, I was, but I was also disappointed because I was totally, I was totally going to ride it. Right. And, uh, and I was, ready. And I, yeah. oh yeah, I was, I, I totally was going to, I was going to, even though I didn't want to, it's, it's that definitely that sort of situation. And like the idea, right. I, I have never ridden and I don't know how many of them are out there where you go up and then the seats tilt forward on the drop ride. Right. There's not, many. and that's, yeah. and that's Falcon's yeah. Fury does that. Um, and so that was like another level of that. Okay, I really don't want to do that. That's like a drop right, like it's even worse. Right. But I would do it. I was, exactly. I was I was totally prepared. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's what I mean. Think of it as the tilting aspect of it because I have uh, written out a few times the, the rare times it's open and it it is. No. I don't. I'm not afraid of heights. And but the, 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 here's the, here's the thing. This doesn't make me scared. Like it doesn't stop me from going on a ride. But the thing I think about, and this is sort of like what you were saying, E.B., about, you know, the couple of times on coasters where you literally legitimately had a real reason to be scared of, of something, is I'm an engineer. So I think about things not working or, or breaking, because that can happen. It's very rare. Coasters mm-hmm. are statistically very safe. But I think of things like B&M flying coasters, like Manta here at SeaWorld, just a few minutes away here. And, you know, it's one of those coasters that you would think would have seatbelts like most BMs do the ones that, that that go upside down like you know BM mm-hmm. inverts for example they all have seatbelts they all have secondary restraints but the flyers generally don't and you're pretty much the whole time you're on that ride because you're facing down if the restraints fail doesn't matter where it happens you're in big trouble <laughs> some places right. more than others you know so it's like i think about things like that sometimes it doesn't stop me from going on the ride but at least <laughs> falcon's fury you know, it it has it has those secondary restraints, so that just gives you a little peace of mind. Not that I'm scared of the heights or the or the ride itself. It's just like in case something were to happen with the restraints, at least there's that secondary to kick in. You know, it's just a it's a safety engineering aspect of my mind, I guess. But mm-hmm. so so EB, just to kind of round this out, and then we'll talk to to Mike about his, his thing that scared him the most. Uh, can you think of a drop tower, one of these slowly ascending drop towers, traditional drop towers like the Intamins or whatnot, um, where you know you were really scared of them, where you really weren't doing them, and you finally did one, and again you still don't like them. But you're not you're you're okay with doing all of them now. Can you think of where that happened? Where there was one where it sort of it let you go past that precipice, and now you'll go on. You know the ones that are out there now. Um, what's the what's the one at King's Dominion, Mike? Is it Drop Zone? What what did they Drop what Zone? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was probably Drop Zone at King's Dominion. I think that was one of the early, earlier, really, really tall uh drop rides yeah. no big, um it, it it was probably drop zone cuz king's dominion was my home park um and i'm sure when i was when did that open mike was that in the 90s oh late yeah late not early 2000s maybe late 90s okay. early 2000s yeah yeah so that it was probably that it was probably that and then once you ride something like that it's like well there's no difference between 200 feet and 300 feet and 400 feet at that point you know there's a big difference between like 20 feet and 100 feet but once you get up there it doesn't matter anymore so once i rode that one i think that was it um the 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 first big 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 drop tower um yeah it was probably drop zone okay got it got it at king's dominion yeah it's one of those new somewhat more modern uh, like you said, drop towers. It's not like one of those first gen, uh, like demon drop that 
you know, that's that Dorney or, you know, oh, yeah, it's, it's yeah, a, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's one of the taller ones. Yeah. Yeah. I'm familiar with those. Okay. So keep that one in mind, Evie. We're going to come back to you for the next question where we'll talk a little bit more about, uh, about that drop zone ride. Uh, but for, for now, let's talk to Mike. So Mike, and again, you know, I, and I could have prefaced this and when we talk to people on this podcast that are not necessarily coaster fans, we talk to theme park enthusiasts. We talk to people that aren't even necessarily big enthusiasts in general, but we, we talk to them about having gone to theme parks. Uh, I, I open up these questions to not just coasters. It can be any ride. It can be a drop ride. It can be a spinning ride. Um, for you guys, I kind of kind of went in the coaster direction because it's coaster radio and you guys do a lot of coasters. But again, it can be something other than a coaster. So for you, Mike, what what ride would you say is the one that has scared you the most? Yeah, in recent years, because um, I'm somebody who's uh, throughout my whole life never been really afraid of roller coasters. Like I, I kind of hop on them and, and don't think of anything and uh, you know, my heart rate doesn't even jump on them or anything like that, except for, you know, when it when it's fun. Uh, the only roller coaster in recent years that's made me hesitate and think for a moment was X2 at Magic Mountain, only because oh, I had yes. no idea what the experience was going to be like. It was so different. And I'd heard so many things about it. Um, and going up that hill backwards and you're like, what is going to happen when this thing like, you know, goes over the side. But uh, but I was excited. I was happy like there. there it wasn't a, enough of a fear uh, to ruin the moment for me. But one ride that almost did ruin the moment for me was in Las Vegas at the Stratosphere Tower. Uh, <laughs> X Scream, X Scream, which is that teeter totter yep. that they put up there. Yep. And yeah, I love that I, ride. Yeah. I oh I love it too, but when uh, and I and I loved it. I loved the idea of it when I was getting ready to go on it. Um, I go out to Las Vegas every year for a convention. Um, so, right. so a lot of times I'm out there uh, by myself. You know, you know there are work people there, but they they're not going to go on thrill rides and stuff. So I'll usually take like a couple of hours in the afternoon to go ride the coaster at New York, New York, and the thrill rides at Stratosphere. Sure. So this was the first year that those they had just put up all those extreme rides on top of the tower. Um, so I was riding to the top. I was all excited to ride X-Cream. I bought my ticket. I went out there. I wanted to ride that first because it was so wild and stuff. And for those of you who don't know, I mean, it's it's a basically a big teeter-totter on top of the Stratosphere, and it tips uh, you know, the track straight down, and the car that you're in just goes plummeting over the side and right towards the edge of this track and magnetically stops well, there. The, the the plummeting, I think, is a max speed of like 22 miles an hour and you travel yes. about 30 feet. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> but exactly. You know what I mean? But it, w when you put this on top of the stratosphere, oh, my God, I do remember that. That was terrifying. But it, oh, I, yeah. see, that was very drop ride ish. Right. Because, again, it doesn't matter if you're a thousand feet up or 200 feet up. You're going to hit the concrete at the same speed. Yes, so, yes, exactly. It doesn't matter yeah. how high you are at that point. You might as well do it. Yeah. So I, I yeah. was not scared waiting in line. Um, I was not scared as I sat in the seat, but as soon as they pulled the restraint down and I <laughs> realized trapped. what was gonna happen, that's when I like felt fear. And I was like, Oh, what am I do? What am why am I doing this? this stupid. <laughs> and the only thing that like uh kind of centered me for that moment is I I was like okay, well, at least I've got a good story to tell on Coaster Radio. And that's what I sort of focused on. I was like, I got to just like be in this moment and like think about what's going on and like remember as much as I can. And so like the the radio host in me sort of took over and, you know, the fear went away. But it, but I when we did that first dip towards the bottom, I was screaming. I was screaming bloody murder, man. It was For real. It was, yeah, it was terrifying. And then wow. I think a year later I went on it with you, right? EB, like you and I went together. Um, yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. And, 
and and I remember it was just as scary. Uh, but the second time it was more fun because at least I knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The right. weird thing about that right. ride too is right. they switch it up. They switch up what happens, so you can be watching it. Yes, and say, okay, I think I know what the ride profile is, but then you get on it and it's completely different. So you right because they'll do it. They'll they'll point. you'll slide down and then stop, and then you'll slide like another two feet. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, but it might not do it the next time, you know. Yeah, so it's uh-huh. it's crazy. But that that I think is the only ride that I remember actually feeling fear on. Um, I'm I'm with EB when we were at Magic Mountain for our Coaster Radio meetup. Uh, I saw the Lex Luthor drop of doom, and I was with a bunch of people, and they were all going to ride it, and I was like, eh, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip this one. I, I don't need to do that one. And they and then it was just the peer pressure of like, what? Your mic from Coaster Radio? You're gonna skip a ride? What's wrong with you? <laughs> and so like at that moment, I was like, all right, I don't want to like you know like hurt hurt my cred. So I, I I went on it, and I was so happy that I did. Once I once I was on the ride and rising up, like the fear went away. But it's just the thought of that. The, yeah, mm-hmm, I'm, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm like EB. I'm not into big drop towers too much. I like. I don't mind the SNS towers that shoot you up. That's right. fine for some reason. But right. yeah, the the drop, the slow, uh, you know, climb to the top. Um, uh, for for the all the listeners out there, if you ever get a chance to go to Branson and go to the Bigfoot on the Strip, that's terrifying because that's a that's one that's got no over the shoulder restraints. Just got a small lap belt there. Um, and that takes you to what two hundred feet EB or something like that. It's like that, mm-hmm. that was a crazy ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wow. Yeah, a couple of things to unpack there. So actually, the last thing you mentioned there, Bigfoot on the Strip there, Branson. I remember hearing about that from you guys. Uh, one of the, or I think it was one of the first seasons I started listening to Coaster Radio when you did the meetup for uh-huh. uh, Silver City and Time Traveler. Uh, yeah. And mm-hmm. I've been to Silver City once. I went there actually with David. David and I went there this past May. Um, didn't have a chance to get to Bigfoot, but I did have it on my list. I did want to go there because of what you guys were talking about on the podcast, little mini meetup you guys did there. Um, uh, I think it was before your main meetup at Silver Dollar City. And I, I love drop towers. I'm like, ooh, seatbelt only. And, um, you know, I haven't been out there to to do that yet. I've just been to Silver Dollar City and did, did one of the mountain coasters. But I do love Silver Dollar City. I love that park. So I definitely plan to go back there. Uh, and I do want to go to Bigfoot and try that out, especially – after i don't know if you guys had a chance you guys went to iapa for the first time this past year uh there was a company you know it's so hard to describe where in the trade show floor it was but uh they make uh, like the frog hoppers and they had kind of an adult frog hopper that was seatbelt only did you guys get a chance to ride that oh no i remember seeing it though i think that was we one of the first it. things we saw when we walked in was oh they have a drop ride right here in the middle of the uh iapa show floor Oh yeah, my my friends and I, we we yeah, we rode that thing and we we freaking love that thing. It's so so fun. It's intense, even though it's a smaller ride. It's a frog hopper because it's seatbelt only. So that I literally, when I was riding that, I was thinking about you guys and Bigfoot on the strip, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can only imagine what that drop tower with seatbelt mm-hmm. only is like. So That's definitely right. want to check that out. Yeah, but uh, so the two main rides, though, Mike, that you mentioned X two. By the way, not that this matters. We don't keep score. You don't get points or anything. I know you're a game show. You're competitive like me. <laughs> I love playing games and board games and stuff, Mike. But but I will say, you know, what it's worth, uh, X2 is a very common answer. It's, yes. it's like, you know, Family Feud would be like the number one answer if we had a Family Feud question about this, about what people mentioned for this question. Uh, you know, it's an obvious one because it's the uh, the 40, the hour 40 coasters are so unique. There's only one here in the North America. The rest are, you know, overseas and and in Asia, both of them are in Asia. Uh, and it's they're so intense off ride, they're so intense on ride. Uh, you know, and this the spinning, it's just they are wild rides, so totally get it. 
Uh, oh, yeah. By the way, Mike, did you ride that for the first time? It was at the meetup in 2019, right? Uh, yes, I think that was. Yep, that was the first time. That was the first time I'd been to Magic Mountain. So, yep, that was it. Mm-hmm. Right, right. That's where you met David because David went to that meetup. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. right. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Yep. In fact, mm-hmm. yeah. So funny story. So before we start recording, David was kind of telling you, as he always does with our guests, kind of giving you the, the background of Coaster Challenge. Now we got started. Uh, and he mentioned to you guys that, you know, I encourage him to check out Coaster Radio. But that was primarily during the pandemic, uh, listening to the podcast. And because uh, prior to us starting this podcast, David really didn't listen to podcasts. I did, but he did not. Um, but even before that, even before he really started listening to the podcast, I had told him, hey, David, Mike and EB, they're coming out to, to Magic Mountain. They're coming out to like, you know, right near where you live. I know you don't really listen to Coaster Radio. You've got you to go to the meetup. You've got to meet them. They're really nice guys. You got to check it out. They do really good meetups from what I've heard. I've not been to one yet at myself. And that's how he wound up going. And he had a wonderful time. He had an awesome time. Oh, that's uh, great. And, you know, he loved meeting you guys and hanging out with you. And, and we'll be talking more about the meetups later. That's one of the things I want to dive into a little bit when we talk about Coaster Radio. But, uh, yeah, so that's when you wrote it in 2019. And then, uh, you know, the other one, okay, again, points on the other direction for you, Mike, uh, for X-Cream. Uh, that one I've never heard. Uh, and and you know the the other the other uh, producers that do these interviews, I don't think they've had them either because I listen to all of our episodes, even the ones I'm, I don't don't in, do the interviews myself for. Uh, and that's a new one. So and I love getting new ones because it's just interesting. And I've been on that ride. Yeah. And I have no problem getting on it because I'm not afraid of heights. But wow, what a unique! I love unique rides. Yes. You know, like the mm-hmm. the wacky the wacky fun house rides and the you know the dark rides like you know the 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 kind of cheesy ones the ones that are so cheesy they're 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 good like there's a haunted mansion clone at Europa Park and and it is so bad it's good yeah it, I mean, <laughs> oh that's a great yeah it's like yeah Jeff Tucker from Knots I don't know if you guys know Jeff Tucker he's he's a good friend of the show good friend personally he's an awesome guy one of the show editors there he says it best he says if you're gonna steal steal from the best. You know, exactly. So that's what Europa Park did with that dark ride. But anyways, um, but, you know, I love unique rides. So Xtreme is so unique. And, you know, I think EB, you mentioned this, you know, it's it, that ride. It, does, it doesn't have to be some hundred million, ten million dollar expensive ride to get people to be scared or to really freak them out and do what it's supposed to do. It's a simple ride. It probably costs a few hundred thousand dollars, maybe a million dollars. But it's because of where it's located that it's so effective. It's Oh, it's yeah. We talked about that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Mike, if you could pick one of those two that where you think it was more of a conquering your fear moment, which would those be? Which would it be? Oh, I think it was definitely extreme. I think, um, you know, kind of kind of getting up there and before I, I wrote it, I watched it for a little bit and there was some hesitation, you know, because it was it was something. I, th- I think like, you know, with B&M roller coasters and, you know, things like that, you know what it's going to be. You know what the experience is. You know what the safety record is. This is something I'd never seen before. Like you said, it's unique. So it's kind of you're looking at it and going, wait a minute. If nobody else is doing this, why do I want to be the guinea pig and, and and try this out? You know, this is like a brand new ride. It was brand new at the time. And I'm like, why do I want to be one of the first ones on it? Don't I want like to see thousands of people go through it first there there was another one on the other side the you know spinning ride that they had that was up there too that that looked crazy and um oh yeah i rode that too where it's an arm that swings out like it starts off it looks like okay what is this stupid ride it's just it's a little swing ride like a few feet above the 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 top of the stratosphere but then the real kick the real key with it is before it starts spinning it swings out over the open air you know 
couple thousand feet up where however tall the stratosphere is you know no, yeah. it's well over a thousand feet and then that's where you know it's a big deal and and why why it's, and i think he also the seek tilt on it i think if i remember correctly I've yes yes they like do they tilt back twice. yep so, uh -huh. so you're just, yeah. yeah yeah so there's that too by the way uh david in the chat so david's you know not necessarily part of the interview here but he's in the background producing the show and he mentioned that mike that he was actually the one that rode x2 with you for your first ride Oh, that's so right. He was. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 He loved that. He loved yeah. that. And that ride yeah, was just, awesome. that, and that ride was just so fun. It was just so like, uh, you know, uh, unbelievable and so different. Again, another unique ride, but um, one that was just uh, a thrill. Like that was way more thrilling than it was scary. Um, so I think like in, in terms of all the rides I've ever been on, I think X Scream was the one that was easily the scariest. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, it's a good nice. choice. Okay, great. Great. All right. Well, now that we've identified that, actually, Mike, we'll just continue with you and then we'll jump back to UEB for this next question. Sure. So riding extreme, you know, going from being intimidated by it, like, you know, initially you thought you were fine with it and you get strapped in and, you know, when you get strapped in, that's that's when, uh, you know, you really realize, you know, what you're up against and that there's no going back. Right. Is that was that yeah. the kind of that moment for you? Right. OK. It's so, the point of no return without causing a scene. At that point, you know, like right, yeah, without <laughs> yourself. you right, can still get right, out, but right. you're going to have to cause a scene to get out, you know, and then have everybody looking yeah. at them, what's wrong with this person. So, yep. And you're embarrassed. It's one thing for a little kid, but like if you're in a grown adult, it's embarrassing. And yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a whole nother. Yeah. It's a leather layer of things for sure. And for I've sure. seen it happen too. So, I've seen it uh -huh. happen with adults oh, where yeah. they get strapped. They're like, no, 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 let me out. Let me out. And, and sometimes they have to really scream and yell to like get the attention of the ride up to come over. And it's, it is, it's, it's embarrassing. You can tell like they're like, sure. oh. they, then the, the worker has to come out and they like have to like hit a button and make a noise. And then they come out and, let everybody out. Everybody has to have their restraints go up. They have oh, to yeah. Everybody. Yep. You take the yep. walk of shame. Yeah. It's a point in the yeah. turn because it's you don't want to do that. Uh, oh, yeah. And it's always like, which yeah. row? And then they go on the mic, row three, row three. So they got to let. But they, yeah, you're right. The guy I'm... in the gray shirt right there, the one quivering. Yeah. Let him out. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. Yeah. 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 It's embarrassing. It's disruptive. Yeah. It's funny, though. But it happens. It doesn't happen. So, but you did not do that. You did not, you know, you know, chicken out, as they say. Right. Uh, and right. and you wrote it. And so what would you say was the impact of conquering your fear on that ride and how you felt afterwards? And, you know, did it did it change rides for you at all moving forward? It, you know, it actually did. I, I, I didn't think about it till this moment, but that ride and getting off it, there was this unbelievable high. You know, like this, um, mm -hmm. these endorphins, I guess, like when, when you get off and, and you feel like you've conquered something, um, you know, like you and I think that's one of the reasons why people love thrill rides so much is that, you know, there's this sense of danger uh, that your body feels. But when you get off it, you have all this, this, this great rush of endorphins. So I remember getting off it and just like standing up there for a while, like, you know, being literally on top of the world at the stratosphere and saying like, yeah, I did this. I did this. And I, you know what? I was so happy with it. I had the all day ticket. I went and rode it again. I was like, Hey, I'm up here. Yeah. I don't get out to Las Vegas that often. I didn't get up to this tower that often either. So I did it again. And, you know, it was still, <laughs> it was, it was an intense ride. Um, but just then knowing what it was, um, you know, made me want to ride it again. And, you know what? Like at, ever since then, I I can't recall being on a ride where I've been afraid or scared. You know, like it it's sort of you just know like 
you know, like we, we know doing shows like like these, you know, to trust the engineering, like these things have gone through so many different safety tests and stuff. But it's really just right. a chance to kind of be, you know, in the moment. And I and that that's what I tried to do at that moment is like be in the moment so that I could remember it and talk about it on the show, which was like my whole reason really for going up there. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I think it did. I think it did affect things going forward. Sure. Yeah, no, that, there's a couple of really good things to unpack there. Thanks for kind of going through and thinking through that and reflecting on that. Because that, that was a number of years ago, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. Plus mm -hmm. years ago. Yeah, probably so. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So you talked about, you know, the 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 feeling really good afterwards, the sort of that you mentioned, the endorphins. So with, with theme parks, with rides, for example, there's various effects they have on us, you know, you know the chemicals in the brain and so forth. Uh, yeah. Some of them are related to just the forces, just literally the physical aspects of the ride release chemicals in the brain, the adrenaline rush, and yeah. you know that people talk about the thrill rush. But then there's the other side of it, which is what we're talking about here, where you felt good about yourself for conquering that ride, for not giving in your fear, for not chickening out, walk of shame, et cetera. Yeah. You conquered yeah. the ride. You didn't give in your fear. And you're like, wow. And then you realize on top of that, you enjoyed it. And now you have a, you know, another type, type of ride you can be okay going on and you have it sort of like you you've expanded your theme park repertoire if you will and so you have that those those good feelings all that positivity from that yeah uh, and that and that's you know yeah yeah right so um, absolutely so then yeah. yeah yeah now you also mentioned being in the moment and i love that you you use that terminology because a lot of people don't use that terminology they don't talk about it. they kind of know what it is if i start talking about it um, but, you know, having done this podcast and having dealt with mental illness myself in my life, you know, being bipolar, having dealt with depression, anxiety, you know, I've, I've gone through therapy and so forth. So I know what, you know, mindfulness is, which is what being in the moment is about, you know, in the moment is not thinking about, you know, the past or things that bother you or think, worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow, what you know, the problem you have at work, this challenge you have in your personal life. You're just there at riding that ride. You're thinking about what's going on right then and there. And you're, just you know you're you know and that's what what theme parks are great for too not even just going on rides the immersion at theme parks the theming that can keep you in the moment you you know sure. you, you talk about theme parks being escapes you know going to disney or universal these highly themed parks you know these these theme lands you can get away from the craziness of life and the how the world and how it you know all the, all the stuff that's going on so but then rides take it even a step further because you can have the theming perhaps as well but you've got this intense thrills and whatnot so you talk about being in the moment on that ride because you want it you want it to be in the moment but you also recognize the importance of being in the moment so i i really appreciate that because if you if people can be in the moment you know at parks or in general in life you're the more you do that in life the more better off you are because yeah. we can't do anything about the past thinking about lamenting about the past doesn't do anything we can't really do anything about the future until the future comes so we can change in our lives. We can, we should be focusing on it's the right now is the, the relatively near future, the next few moments. And then the next few moments after that, life is a stepping stone. So, and that's what you're doing. And theme parks and throw rides, they can train us to do that. Yeah. It's really hard to say, you know, be on, uh, you know, a, a fast coaster, a launch coaster, a tall coaster with drops and, you know, really fast speeds, you know, a fury and iron quasi or whatever, you know, inversion. Well, all these different thrill aspects and elements to, to rides and coasters. It's hard to be on rides like that and not be in the moment. Right. And that's the great thing about being, having this hobby is it's really good for our mental health because it keeps us in the moment. So I love yeah. that you mentioned that. 
So, and thank, and thank you for kind of sharing, you know, beyond, you know, just riding that ride, how it impacted you. Sure. So, so sure. EB, yeah. So EB, so going back to drop zone. So I know you still don't love drop towers, but talk to me about how you remember feeling after riding drop zone for the first time and how you felt afterwards and how that perhaps impacted you moving forward from there. I, I think it taught me the lesson of when you ride a ride like that and you are trapped in it. And you, like you were talking about the engineering of a ride, a, a modern steel roller coaster, I'm, I'm never, I've never been afraid of because I feel like when you're literally strapped into this modern, you know, thing that was built and engineered, you know, with computers and, and, and steel and, and it's the, the old rickety wooden coasters. That's different. But uh and, and drop towers are the same way, right? Where you're you're locked into this thing with the restraint that comes down over your shoulders and you're completely stuck in there and you're trapped. This is the living in the moment part, right? Where you don't really have a choice. This is just what it is. And I'm going to resign myself to this fate because I have no choice in the matter. Um, but then it's over and it's over so quickly. And I think that was the lesson that I learned from it was if it's over so fast, you can be afraid of it and you can, you can step up and you can ride it and then it'll be done. And then you can let it all go. Right. And so, like you said, not living in the past, well, I can just experience it. And then it's in the past and I did it. And if I do it again, it'll be the same thing. It'll just, it'll, it'll come and it'll go and it will pass. Um, I think that's so I the think lesson. A, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I think that's actually a really good lesson. And I don't know if anyone has mentioned that this before when we've interviewed on the podcast. Uh, so I want, I want to kind of, you know, kind of talk about this just briefly here. You know, one of the things you can do if you re- if you approach things rationally, which when we when we're dominated by fear in, in whatever situation, we're not going to be thinking rationally, and that's a challenge. But obviously, you were able to think rationally there, so you you were already were kind of controlling your fear. You may have had it, you may mm-hmm. have acknowledged it, and, and it's fine. You can acknowledge that fear is there, but just don't let it dominate you. And by being in control and remaining relatively calm, you thought about things rationally. Hey, this is only going to be a couple minute ride. It's going to be over. These machines, they're they're built, you know, very carefully. And it's rare to have accidents in these, with these modern coasters. And it's going to be fine. And you told yourself it's going to be fine. And it was fine. And, you know, that's really powerful. So, and you can adapt that to other situations. You can, you can, you know, you can think about a job interview. Okay, granted, a job interview is a lot longer than a couple of minutes because that intimidates a lot of people. But if you think about a job interview, you think about a lot of a job interview is usually just you talking about yourself, your experience, you know, things that you feel you're good at, you know, things that you're necessarily not good at. Get at. You're really just talking about yourself. It's not like you have to study like, oh, gosh, like, um, what have I done before? What, what, what job did I do five years ago? I mean, this is your, this is what you know. It's, it, you know, and in that way, job interviews are easier in that way if you think about it and compartmentalize things. Uh, and they're not two minutes, but they're not going to be 10 hours either. You know, they're. Typically, you know, each interview with an individual person, if you're multi- meeting with multiple people, is, you know, 30 minutes, 20 minutes, something like that, 45 minutes. And then you get a break. You go on to the next one. You just take each interview as you go through the day one by one. You know, if you just pace yourself and compartmentalize. So, again, with a ride, it's just a couple minutes long. So I love that you did that. I love that you could recognize that. Now, going beyond riding drops on that first time, have you looked at things differently at all, like other rides? Um, maybe not specifically in, in relation to drop zone, but I think just the general philosophy and the idea, I think as, as I've grown in general, um, you know, 
that, that moments will pass and bad times will pass and we have ups and downs, not to use the roller coaster metaphor, <laughs> you know, but you know, this too, this too shall pass just like a drop ride. You're scared. You're going to drop and then you're going to get off. It'll pass and it'll be done. You'll be fine. Um, and you can apply that lesson. I think in, anywhere in life, you know, even, even not on the ride itself, like you were talking about, uh, we were talking about, I think it was before we were recording, going to Disney and waiting in the long lines. Right. And it's like, well, just wait in the line and be patient. It'll be fine. You don't have to get stressed out. You don't have to get upset. You know, that's 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 the amusement park experience in general is it's going to be fine. It's hot today, but you'll be fine. You can wait. You'll be okay. Everything's going to be fine. You've experienced bad stuff. You've experienced scary stuff before. You made it through it. You were fine then. You're going to be fine again this time. Right. And that's that's kind of the thing. Yeah, no, that's that's, that's well, it's, it's kind of trusting yeah. yourself, right? Because you t you tell yourself and you explain to yourself, I'm going to be fine because X, Y, Z. And then when you are, you're like, I was right. And that that helps you, you know, next time to, tr to trust yourself in that way, I think. Oh, yeah. It's reinforcing when you think about something, when you kind of apply mm -hmm. a, a logic to things or a, you kind of like will think about, well, I'm afraid of this. But you know what? I, I think it's going to be this, this and this. And mm -hmm. then when it is this, this, and this after the fact, which is proof in the pudding, that reinforces you moving forward that, hey, you know, it looks like maybe I kind of do know something about what I'm talking about here, and I should do this sort of thing again and again. And yeah, it's reinforcing. It's great. Uh, and you mentioned, you know, about the theme park lines, you know, this isn't necessarily a, a theme park therapy thing, but it's something that can help us in life is I think theme parks can um, help us to be patient. Because we have to be, you know, waiting in lines or waiting at the rope drop or waiting, even waiting for a new ride we're excited about to open. You know, mm -hmm. so many people are excited about Tron opening here at Disney here in a few months. And, you know, we've waited, you know, here in the U.S. at least, you know, what for that was announced in 2017, I think it was. It's been, what, six years. So waiting patiently for, for a new attraction to open. It's a lot about waiting and and learning to be patient. You know, good things come to those who wait as the adage goes. So, you know, there's, there's some good points there, E.B., um, now, of course, the waiting only applies if you're not theme park prince, right, Mike? That's right. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> A little Costa Rica reference there. There so, you go. I love it. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you guys one more question kind of related to this. Then we're going to kind of have a few fun questions we typically ask people. I'm looking forward to asking you guys this. Um, but uh, we'll get to those in just a moment. But just one more question on this sort of your journey. If we take a step back, if you go to the proverbial 30,000-foot level, and it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, X2, Xtreme, or Drop Zone, but just over the years of riding these rides and conditioning yourself and conquering your fears and thinking about things logically, like you talked about EB and, you know, just a couple minute ride and it's going to be over and that sort of thing. You know, have being able to conquer your fears and not not giving in and not walk of shaming and doing these rides and going to these parks. And can you think about how coasters and theme parks have had a significant positive impact on your lives in any ways? You know, I mean, I think, I, th I think just from the show that we do, it, it's opened up so many doors for us in so many different ways. Uh, but one of the best ways is just the people that we have met, not only in the industry, you know, meeting people who create all of these great rides and people who run the parks, um, but the people who listen to the podcast. I mean, some of the best people I've ever met. Um, you know, we've, we've met through the podcast, you know, people who, uh, some people we meet in person at the, at the meetups and just being at parks and stuff, uh, but other people who we have never met in person, you know, it's just like people that we talk to or email and things like that. So, 
um, that to me has been one of the great blessings of this and 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 a surprise, something I didn't think would happen. I always thought when we started Coaster Radio that it would be very much like uh, radio is, you know, where you sort of like do the show in a studio and it goes out and you never really see the people um, who you who you do the show for. But uh, I love that a community has, you know, come from this. And that's that's one of my favorite things about it and something I'm so thankful for. Yeah, no, that's a really good point, Mike. And this is something that people have brought up in a, in a perhaps a smaller than uh, other guests on the show here. Um, and that is the social aspect of this hobby, of this passion. And, you know, I, for one, even before the podcast, you know, the friends I've made, you know, the social mm-hmm. media, and then you meet people in the parks. Or, I mean, I've had wild stories, and I love stories like this, you know, your small world stories. I was in China back in 2019. And I was at Shanghai Disney, went to a few other parks as well, had an epic trip. I was there on work, work for business. And whenever I travel for business, I've had the luck and fortune to have uh, jobs over the years where I travel for work. You know, you guys travel too. Mike, you talk about going to Vegas every year, for example. Mm-hmm. And whenever I travel for work, you know, I'm, I'm a YOLO kind of guy. You only live one. Uh, so I'm I'm usually trying to make the most of my travels. So and I've been to the Middle East, Asia, Europe. You know, for work, I'm going to parks. I'm going to sightsee and 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 explore the culture. And 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 you know, I'm not just sitting in my hotel when I'm not working. And so I was in China for work, and I went to Shanghai Disney, and I had a great day. And then at the end of my trip, I had an extra day, and I just I was trying to decide what to do. And I said, you know, I'm going to go back to Shanghai Disney. One of the things there is Disney parks overseas are not expensive compared to the U.S. It was like $100 to go back to Disney, which nowadays it's like half price of what you, what you pay. Or even back then when you pay for Disneyland or Disney World, you're right. paying another $100 to go for another day to this amazing park with one of the best dark rides, one of the best you know Disney coasters in the world. Yeah. So I went back and it wasn't busy. And I'm so glad I went back that second day because one, it was even less busy than the first day I was there. So I got to Marathon Pirates of the Caribbean uh, Battle for the Sunken Treasure, which is an incredible dark ride. And got to Marathon Tron, of course amongst other things. I was even marathoning Seven Torques Mine Train. It was that dead. <laughs> yeah. um, and, you know, which is why I'm <laughs> trying to get it onto it here, you know. And, but while marathoning Tron, you know, here I am, I'm a, I'm a Caucasian guy in the Asian country, so I kind of stick out. And I was wearing my Coaster Challenge shirt. And these, these uh, this father and son, as it turned out to be, they were, I think, behind me in line in the middle of the building there for Tron. And the father starts talking to me and he says, to speak English? you know american and of course you know speak english obviously and we started talking and and you know here we are you know we're in the middle of the station country where you know there's not a lot of uh english-speaking people around and people from the u.s and they're they're from la they knew david they recognized the coaster challenge shirt because they met wow. david before and uh it's this guy chuck and his son chase and we've now become great friends and we've hung out at parks gone to events together and just you know, we met there in line in the middle of the other side of the world, you know, and I've had other stories like this and, you know, the friends that I've made over the years, but then with the podcast, that's just accelerated because with the podcast, I've become a more active enthusiast. I've gone to more events, Hollywood nights, and just trying to help promote the podcast or just, you know, get things out there and wear the podcast shirts a lot. And, you know, we've even meet up, we had a meetup in our first season for the podcast and just all the friends that I've made and the connections I've made, directly or indirectly from this podcast, from this hobby, certainly has just been so fulfilling. And, yeah. you know, any, any, any hobby, you know, when you have, you know, there's literally thousands of, you know, hundreds of thousands of theme park enthusiasts around the world and coaster enthusiasts is probably 10,000 of us, but 
uh, you know, obviously any big group like that, there's going to be bad apples. There's going to be problem children and, you know, negative, toxic people. And, and we're not going to name names or anything, of course. And, I, you know, I've met a few, but, you know, I, I see people and it frustrates me in, in, where they say, you know, that there's so many problem people and all oh, the enthusiasts are the worst. And, you know, they'll say this on social media. And I don't think that way. Yeah, there's there's some people, there's some bad apples, there's some problem children. But the I've met so many people and the vast majority of people that I've met through this hobby have been wonderful people. Oh, yeah. Wonderful people. And, you know, and I know you guys kind of feel the same way, all the, you know, the people from the meetup and the people that connected to on the show. And so I love hearing that positivity and, and social, the social aspect is so huge. So I appreciate you touching upon that, Mike, and recognizing that that's a great answer. Yeah. I, so, I, I uh, would just, I would just yeah. second, second that whole thing. It's just been really cool, not only to, to build the relationships and, and, and that sort of thing personally um, with, with meeting folks and hanging out with folks, but we've also really seen the, the groups kind of, or find each other and the people find each other. And we have brought people together as friends and now friends who have been friends for like a decade. And it's, that's just really cool to see that you have had that kind of a positive influence on other people's lives in general. Um, maybe not even with the podcast specifically, but just somehow we were the catalyst for, for people coming together and finding each other in, in that way, or, you know, finding comfort in some way or, um, finding some social interaction in some way. It's been really, it's just really cool. So yeah, yeah same, no, same, same thing you guys are saying. Exactly. Awesome. Awesome. You know, absolutely. Yeah. It's so positive. It's so awesome. And, and I, I love it. That's one of my favorite things about about this. In fact, you know, when I've gone to Hollywood Nights, I've gone twice now, fortunate enough to be going again this year. Uh, yeah, I love riding Voyage. I rode it like 15 times over the two nights this past year. But I spend most of my time at Hollywood Nights, not on the rides. I'm just talking to people, just seeing friends, making new friends, oh, yeah. just seeing people I don't see often, you know, people come from all over the country, and even even beyond this, beyond the US, and you know, to go to that event. It's a legendary event. Now, by the way, EB, you have not, neither of you have been to that event, right? To Hollywood Nights. No, no. nope. Yeah, EB, you know, come on, that's your home park. You I know, I know, and that's it, it's, it's almost <laughs> yeah. funny at this point. And I feel like if I go, it would be disappointing if I actually ended up going at some point. Um, no, that looks like that looks like a really really fun event, and I and I have been wanting to go, and I always think that I'm gonna go. Um, this last year was really weird the way that they did the ticketing thing because I was like, oh, maybe I'll go this year, and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not even gonna get a ticket because the way that they're doing the the weird random. Um, you got to be on the website and refresh it and click it and the whole thing. And the other part of it is I'm not a member of a coaster club. And so if I wanted to go, I would have to go as somebody's guest and I just can't pick. I have far too many friends. Who would I pick? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it is interesting. That's an, uh, you guys have mentioned this before. I don't think either of you are a coaster club member, right? No, no. Yeah. Right. We, right. Ta we talked so about making up, making up a club and it would just be me and Mike. And that way we would have our cards and we would be a member of an official coaster club. But <laughs> It would not be, it would be a made up club. Exclusive well, I mean, two members. You know, I mean, you know, somewhat notorious person in the community, you know, Rob Alvey theme park review, that is a website, you know, it's a YouTube channel and it's, it, it's its own club too. I mean, you guys could have a coasterradio.com yeah. club and it's not just you two. It could be, you know, other people that are, you know, no, just us members. two. <laughs> no, just the two. Oh, I see. I, it's like a theme park <laughs> friends thing. I got it's it. Exclusive. exclusive. Got right. it. Yeah, got yeah, yeah. it. Got it. But uh, yeah, so you, yeah, you guys need to be club members or be guests or whatnot. But yeah, I guess that's another yeah. aspect where you guys are not necessarily full on enthusiasts because you don't have a club membership. But you know, that's totally fine. That's totally fine. So, mm -hmm. 
All right. Well, let's let's talk about a few questions. These are the, these are the fun ones. And again, each of you can you know feel free to answer these because these can be individual sort of opinion things. Um, what has been your craziest moment on a coaster? Ooh. Craziest moment on a coaster. It was in the queue line when I was a teenager, and the one kid had to pee, and so he peed in an <laughs> empty bottle of Mountain Dew. <laughs> you, that's, that's pretty crazy. That's a great story. I that's love that. That's, that's an old school story. I, I'd forgotten that's a, about that one. That's yeah. an old story. I think that's like a season one story at coasterradio.com because I was a teenager, I think, when that happened. Um, yeah, that's pretty crazy. That wasn't on a roller coaster, though. Mike, you, you, you give an, I'm, I'll keep thinking here. Yeah, that, the the craziest story for me was riding a wooden roller coaster in Budapest, Hungary. Oh, yeah. And, and it was weird. It was weird. It was like, uh, first of all, like the, the train comes rolling into the station and they don't stop it. Everybody just has to hop onto it as it's rolling through. And I thought that was weird because people are getting off and people are getting on. And I'm like, wait, they're not stopping this. And it was rolling wow. through at kind of a fast speed. But anyway, we got on. And then I realized that, like, there's no, like, modern <laughs> braking system. There's no modern, like, uh, like, br- like block system or anything like that. It's these guys. And, and there are, by the way, multiple trains on this ride. There are, like, four trains running. But the there's, like, a brake man on the each each uh, coaster. So, like, they're actually slowing it down on, on the, the, the On the coaster, not yeah. back at the station. Yeah, but there are yeah. no block brakes. So, like, if for some reason we one train was going a little faster than the other, it'd be very easy for them to, like, you know, get into the same section. I, I guess these guys knew exactly what they were doing because that didn't happen. Um, but that was like the crazy, like, I, I just didn't know what to expect with that thing. And it was just so, so bizarre. It was just, you know, this, this old 1920s roller coaster, uh, right in the middle of the city. And it was just bizarre, man. It was weird. That's fantastic. Wow. That, that, that's a, that's a great story, Mike. Yeah. I've yeah. heard of coasters like that. I've not been on one like that with a manual braking system. Um, I am going to be riding, I think one of them I'm, I'm doing, speaking of coaster clubs, I'm a member of a couple of coaster clubs, coaster crew being one of them. And I'm actually good friends with the, the president of coaster crew, Tim Holler, and he lives here in Orlando, great guy. And he puts on great events and uh, he's doing uh, with coaster crew this year, he's doing a European trip, but Northern Europe, he's calling it the Norden adventure, you know, uh, like uh, <laughs> Finland, nice. Sweden, um, I think Denmark as well. Um, and I'm really excited because I've never been to any of those countries. And I know that um, one of the parks there has a coaster like that, that like you mentioned, Mike, um, that's yeah. wild. Mm-hmm. But the European parks, they're different. Yes. Uh, they're different in that. Uh, and this is something I've noticed, especially recently, I've been over there a couple of times in the past few months where they don't have like the insurance and regulations that we have here. Right. Where they don't have seatbelts on wooden coasters a lot of times. They don't even have seatbelts. They have no restraints at all on their rapids rides, which is wild because yeah. you get thrown around those boats. I mean, it's just wild. And I yeah. tell my friends over there when we're at the parks together, I'm like, I don't know how you guys have this. And they're like, yeah, it's so strange. And, these, and then and one of my friends, my friend Ruben, he's really funny. He's like, yeah, you Americans, you love to sue each other, which, you know, it's true. You know, the lawyers <laughs> yep. and everything ruin everything. And I, but I, on a serious note, though, and I don't know if this is a, this is the reason for it. I think it's got to be part of the reason is um, one of the things about the parks over there is they're so inexpensive. To go to like Europa Park, Fantasyland, like two of the most amazing parks I've ever been to in my life and anywhere in the world, and all these other parks as well, but those two, for example, it's only $50 a day. 
Yeah. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And I've got to think the fact that they don't have to have the crazy insurance policies and all these rides, you know, and then the whole park and someone slipping and falling and, you know, even on the sidewalk, you know, that's got to make a difference in terms of the cost of operations. Yeah. So it's really the cultural difference is really interesting. But yeah, so rides like that, you mentioned, Mike, that's that's wild. And like the whole moving station thing you talked about, like we have that a little bit here where you have the moving walkway or, you know, like the some of the newer Raptor coasters like Jersey Devil and Wonder Woman, they'll move slowly in the station. But mm-hmm. like, you know, again, in Europe, they have like the log flumes rides. They're moving stations. The log flumes are just the logs are moving through and you just hop in the log while it's moving, which you would never see that here. Right. So the things that you see over there, but what you saw there with that coaster, that's pretty wild with the braking yeah. and, and the manual braking and whatnot. That's, so I weird. know there's one ride, <laughs> and I think this is the one I was thinking of, <laughs> that I'm going to be riding as part of this trip um, this coming summer is where the car the coaster car the uh, an operator rides on the coaster car with you and there's a braking mechanism that he controls on the coaster car it's like a trolley like a cable car in uh, in uh, san francisco you know where it's controlled on the car itself so it's you know wild you know the things you see over over there versus here but that that's a great answer now now eb now your answer was great you know the peeing in the bottle that's that we've not had had that one mentioned before but is is that your answer did you think of something yeah, else that was no, on I, got, I, I think i gotta stick with that that was the craziest thing that ever happened because we were all like you dude what are you doing i just remember it was the craziest <laughs> thing it really was <laughs> that's wild that's wild yeah right, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> that's wild um no thank you guys those, those again these are some fun questions so uh, so the next question, I know, EB, because you've mentioned a couple of things recently, and I, I, I know both of your answers to this next question, because, you know, I've listened to podcasts long enough and talked to you guys and whatnot. But again, just for audience, and, and I know things change, and I think you just got a new one, I think, EB, if I remember correctly. But for each of you, what is your favorite coaster currently? Oh, yeah, I think it was Velocicoaster. I think that was um, from the, the CoasterRadio.com meetup, the, um, we went down to SeaWorld. Or uh, we went down to uh, Orlando. We went to Busch Gardens, Tampa, and then we went to uh, Universal, and we went we went to Disney. But uh, Universal uh, Velocicoaster, uh, that was amazing, amazing. I wrote it. I wrote it uh, the during the day in the back, um, and then it was eh. But then when I went back and I wrote it at night in the front row, it became my number one roller coaster. Wow. Yeah. Nice, nice, absolutely. I, 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 again, this isn't a, these are a lot of these are opinion questions, so there's no wrong answer. So, so I want to, I want to frame that before I say anything else. But I, I love your answer, nonetheless. EB, um, Velocicoaster was my number one since when it opened last year here in Orlando, you know, April, May, um, to uh, about a week ago. Uh, it's now my number two, so it's not like it's fallen off my uh, top ten list or anything. Um, but, uh, I just had a really amazing coaster experience over in Europe that, um, basically Taryn is now my number one because the night rides nice. are absolutely insane. Yeah. yeah a, a wild night rides, but, um, that I experienced part of their, uh, winter fest because you can only ride night rides at Fantasyland during their winter fest. They're not open at night the rest of the year. It's crazy. But so Taryn was wild, but regardless, Velocicoaster is still my number two. And I love that you mentioned the night ride because it's a great night ride uh, in the front row because this is a, sort of a uh, basic Thuzi thing. You ask a Thuzi where they like sitting 
and they're back row, back row, back row. It's always back row, back row, back row. Sure. Uh, in fact, a bunch, a bunch of Susie friends of mine, they, they, they have like their, their Instagram, their social profiles are like back row Steven or, you know, you know, back row this, you know, cause they're all about being back row writers and yeah, back row is fun, but I feel the front row on Velocity Coaster. I've ridden that coaster almost 200 times now. Uh, you know, it's my home park here. Uh, it is front row. It's, it's what it's all about. The visuals, but also some of the, the airtime is the most intense up front. Uh, and, you know, and so many friends of mine, uh, you know, come out here and ride that the first time or many repeat rides. Not that, you know, it's hey, okay. Again, it's all about opinion. But I have found that so many people that are only back row riders, they love mm-hmm. the front row the best. So, so I, I love that you mentioned that specifically. And I, yes, that's a great, great reason that front row night ride to make Velocicoaster your number one because it's epic. oh yeah. So, so, so that's so figure. So, what about that uh, Swift Toboggan? That's just your your sentimental number one, right? At Little yeah. America. Oh, I, I love I love the old the, the old toboggan ride. Uh, they, they had one at uh, Trimpers um, at Ocean City for years and years. That uh, when I was growing up as a teenager, we would always go to to Ocean City for the summers, and I would always just crack up laughing at the at the toboggan ride um it, for people listeners of the show who don't know this one it's an old old ride um i guess there's only one or two left in the country and maybe three in the whole world now at this point but it's a single train a single car train and it's a single passenger you can fit two little kids in there but it's typically one adult um and it's so small that i mean i'm not even that tall and my head bumps the top Right. And so you're in this you're in this little enclosed vehicle. Imagine a bumper car that's even smaller than a bumper car and it's squarish and it's completely enclosed. Um, And then you go into a essentially a rocket ship shaped tunnel with a vertical lift hill. And I think it's about 60 feet tall. You come out the top of this tunnel, that's this vertical tunnel, and then immediately just spiral around and around and around and around and around and around and around that lift tunnel and then bunny hop, bunny hop, turn around, bunny hop. And that's the whole thing, but it's just weird and dumb. And then the violence of the finish, it's just, you crack up the whole time because it just doesn't make any sense why this ride exists. It's the strangest bit of engineering. I love, I love, I love the toboggan. Yeah. That's awesome. And I've not been on one of those. But uh, I, I need to get out to Little America. I've not been there before and ride that because I love you again. Unique rides, like I mentioned earlier. Yeah, and you got to get I, up there I'm before it's for, gone. Uh huh. Before it's gone, exactly. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and the cars on those rides uh, on those coasters are so. I mean, there's no other way of saying it. They're so ugly. I mean, they they mm-hmm. they look like a really bad like European car, like a tiny little European automotive car uh that's like a yugo or something it's just so not not visually appealing but yeah i'm so curious to try that so i, I that's a fun sentimental ride there right there yeah so, it's worth it's worth the trip and you got to get up there before it's gone yeah for sure i definitely want to uh so mike so i, I already know your answer but please share with us your favorite coaster <laughs> it, it it always will be apollo's chariot garden. <laughs> I um I I have ridden better roller coasters, uh, ones that I know are better. But for some reason, that is just the one that I go back to because it's there for me every summer. Um, it is free therapy. Like if I've got you know things that are worrying me or stressing me out, one ride on that ride always gets rid of the worry. So it's it's just my favorite. Totally is. It always will yeah. be. It's it's great. It's got great airtime. It's fast. It's got a uh, fun, um, you know, kind of twists and stuff. It's a, it's an interesting out and back layout. So I, I I like it. You know, and I know there's like a you know the uh the joke where people like to 
call into Coast Radio and say that the ride is not good, but I know I know they know it's good. It's it's it's, it's a it's, it's Mike's comfort food. That's what it, it is. is. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Like a Fury Five is a better roller coaster, definitely. A, a Velocicoaster is a better roller coaster, but man, I I gotta tell you, I just it, you know, Apollo is always there for me for for years and years, for decades, and I love it. Right, right. No, there's nothing wrong with that. And hey, you know, again, this podcast, our mission is about is about theme park therapy. We want people to recognize. We want people to even before recognizing to actually have the experiences of having that theme park therapy, going to the parks and not just having fun. But like you said, Mike, you know, you said it, you know, having a rough day or rough times, you know, having stress or anxiety or whatnot, where, you know, riding, riding a polystyrene at once helps alleviate that. That's awesome. And that, and yeah. if a ride does that, who cares how crappy everyone else thinks it is? If it does that, <laughs> that's all that exactly. matters, you know? Yeah. So, and, and you know, I've written a polystyrene. I, 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 you know, I do enjoy the BNM hypers and the gigas, you know, Fury is amazing, for example. Um, and you know, for me, Apollo's chariot is not the best BM hyper, I think that's Mako, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do enjoy, I will say this, because uh, some people I know they hate on it, and yeah, I've been one of the people that's called in to give my opinion about Apollo's chariot, and I and I think I said something like it doesn't suck, and it's not, it's not the best, but it doesn't suck, I think is what I said, and that's that's what I think. Um, you know, it's got a unique layout, it's beautiful. I love the park at the kind of the at the far end of the out and back you know uh layout when you're furthest from the station you go down by the ride there and bush gardens Williamsburg, by the way here that other home park of yours mike you know besides king's dominion um is one of the most beautiful parks in the world oh yeah it's just i love that park i think it's the best Absolutely. part of the chain it's the jewel of the chain i love going there uh in fact that's the large, the number one reason why i have a platinum pass for the seas chain and i love going there i went there several times this year and, and i love or i should say last year at this point but um but yeah i love the layout of a very, very unique layout it's a it is a fun ride it, you know with the trees and the water and everything it's, it's a beautiful ride so there's nothing wrong with that absolutely i love it now that's your favorite maybe can you can you maybe think of what is the best which is not your favorite something different what is the best coaster you've been on yeah right now it, it's gonna uh, it's going to be a toss up between Fury three two five and Velocicoaster. Uh -huh. I, I think those uh, okay. it, 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 those are the best two. Like what uh, immediately that that I think of. I really enjoyed Iron Guazi as well. Um, but you know, I I I just probably put that in the top ten for sure. But I I think it's it's going to be a toss up right now between Velocicoaster and Fury. I think I'd lean towards Fury a little bit more because that's the style of roller coaster that I enjoy more. But I right, really like right. what you do with Velocicoaster. I, I enjoyed I, talking about a roller coaster with a story and uh, oh, yeah. set up and stuff. That's that's amazing what they did there with the queue. And um, even as you walk around the area, like and seeing it at night uh, with the floodlights that kind of chase the uh, the trains. That's cool, man. There's a, there's a lot of great mm -hmm, stuff mm -hmm. to like there. Oh, yeah. They, the Universal Creative knocked it out of the park for that ride. They, they, I mean, it, it was it's been a huge, gigantic for Universal, and, and that's not something I'm going to talk about here on the podcast. Is I don't like to get into you know uh, things that I've heard from some reputable sources about things coming, and I you know I don't want to get people in trouble. I never would name names anyway, hmm. but I'll just say this: the things that I've been hearing is that other chains, chains that you guys and I spend a lot of time at, uh, I'll just say that much because of Velocicoaster, we might be getting some exciting new coasters coming at, at various parks and so forth. I'll just, I'll, it'll be very vague there on purpose, but 
<laughs> Velocity Coaster is like Maverick, which of course was another Intamin coaster back in 2007. Cedar Point was a watershed for the, you know, if Harry Potter was was a huge event, you know, Wizarding World at Islands Adventure, uh, you know, for theme parks, for coasters, one of the big coaster moments was in 2007 with Intamin with Maverick and what changed after that and, and what they did with Maverick and, and you know, Intamin's modern designs. I'm a huge Intamin fan, if you can't tell. Um, but, you know, Velocicoaster is sort of the latest generation of that Blitz-type coaster, and it's just so, everyone loves it, GP, coaster enthusiasts, and, uh, you know, obviously both of you love it. Now, I, I'm going to guess that, you know, both of you appreciate theming, which I do as well, and the theming on Velocicoaster is fantastic, but it seems like both of you are kind of, you like speed kind of accentuated rides, where, they're, where the coaster, where the ride itself it, it, it focuses on, like, fast pacing. Is that is that true? Um, I, I think we both like a ride that's fun and we're not really looking necessarily for the incredible intensity that throws you around. I think we've we've talked in the past about not liking to have to brace on a roller coaster. Uh, okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Like Iron Quasi, yeah, was, right. Iron Quasi is probably my favorite RMC because it's at least it's super fun, but it doesn't beat you up and abuse you as much as other ones do. Yes. Um, yes. And it, it's really fun to be on a roller coaster that can do those kinds of twists and do those kinds of turns um, and, and take you upside down and things like that. But that's not necessarily the most comfortable, fun ride in the world. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, well, would you rather, you know, go sledding down the hill in a toboggan? And it's nice and smooth. Or would you rather get inside the tractor tire and have your friends bounce you down? Well, they're both probably going to be really fun, but one of them, <laughs> one of them hurts. <laughs> Good point, EB. I mean, you know, I love the voyage and riding it at Hollywood Night Trimless is even more intense, but it does beat me up. But it's something I do once a year because obviously you only can do it once a year, and it's sort of like a like a tribal thing, if you will. You know, it's very exactly social, sure. But I would not want to ride Voyage. This may be sacrilege. There's Susie's probably listening to this right now. They're like, oh, oh my gosh, they're gasping. I would not want to ride Voyage, I think, like trimless at least, you know, every day. I would not marathon it. You know, no. I like a ride, you know, I like a ride. Sounds like you guys do. That, not say that you do go and marathon it, but, you know, I enjoy a ride. I prefer the rides that are more marathonable. And by the way, Velocicoaster is a very marathon friendly, I guess a better way to put it, coaster. Uh, sure. It's on, on the intenser side, but it's very rideable. Fury is very rideable. So yes. I, I appreciate, yeah, I appreciate what you said there, EB. So on the flip side of things, perhaps talking about a coaster that would not be a marathon-friendly ride, what would you say is your least favorite coaster? Or, you know, I, I, for me, it's hard to pinpoint like a single one, but maybe just, uh, you know, one that you can think of. Um, I think Blue Streak at Cedar Point went straight to the top of my list. <laughs> Uh, when we went to Cedar Point for the for the first very first coasterradio.com meetup, um, I don't know if I just wrote it funny or I was not putting myself in the right spot, but that thing just broke my back. I mean, it hurt. It hurt. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Um, I mean, even even more than um, like I do remember like Mind Eraser at uh, Six Flags America in oh. Maryland. Yes. Right. I remember yeah. as a kid getting my ears boxed on that thing, like and having my ears just be like bruised and red for the rest of the day as a teenager going to that park. And I hated that thing. Um, but no blue streak as an old man, <laughs> I guess that was 10 years ago, almost at this point, the first wow. coaster radio meetup seven, eight years ago. Um, yeah, it got me. It, it you know, jammed my spine real good. So I don't like blue streak. That's the one I like to hate on. Plus it's Cedar point. So that makes people mad that I don't like a ride at Cedar point. <laughs> people always and get you like, 
and you like making people mad. I like, <laughs> I like, I know. I, one of the th things I honestly I do appreciate about your you EB about your opinions is you know you're honest and you're not afraid to take those controversial takes. Like, like I'm <laughs> myself here tonight. You know, you're just you know, and yeah, it's funny too, and you know, it, it's stirring the pot and all that. But you know, at the end of the day, you say what you feel, and I appreciate that. That's, that's I can always back it up with some sort of BS, so it's all good. <laughs> Love it. So, so Mike, what about you? What what's uh what would be your least favorite? Do you think? Yeah, I I had forgotten about Mind Eraser, which might have to be my answer. The one at Six Flags America is just terrible. Uh, the one I was gonna say is uh, the tidal wave at Trimper's Rides at Ocean City, Maryland. Um, and I <laughs> want to like that ride because the pool backwards um, up the the first lift is so great because you get a beautiful view of the ocean and the Ocean City Boardwalk. And if they could just pull me back up and then just let me down easy and not have to go through the whole rest of the car, <laughs> I would ride it every summer. But the, the roller coaster is just an observation yeah. deck. Yes, that's how I want it to be. Just pull you up <laughs> and then gently put you back down. It's so terrible because, like, it's just it's just a boomerang that head bangs you and every you know. I I did ride it a couple of years ago just to you know for old time's sake, and I I regretted it. It was just not, it was not comfortable. It was not fun. But again, I, I did like the, you know, the view at night is beautiful. So uh, I don't know. I just needed some a a Advil after that. It was pretty bad. But yeah, it, it, that and uh, Mind Eraser, two rides. I just do not want to ride. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. grew up, we grew up in the same town. So we have, we share the same teenager memories. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. I know. It's funny, guys. I mean, I did this big road trip, like month long road trip this past August. I call it a, uh, my workcation uh where because I, I can work from anywhere i just need an internet connection i work from a cafe from a hotel from my car even uh so I, I did that i worked during the day and then i drove or or did what I, if i was at a destination where i was supposed to be i i did whatever i was doing that night or that morning and then moved on and i made it a hybrid sort of thing and i did all over the new jersey new york pennsylvania but also on the way up there i of course stopped at bush gardens on the way up king's dominion uh, but I, I did the coast and I'd never been to uh, Ocean City before. Mm -hmm. And I did Trimpers and Jolly Roger and both, you know, I think it's what both Jolly Roger, I think there's two of them and then the Trimpers or there's two Trimpers, but whichever one there's two of and the other one, I did all of them. I got all my credits. Uh, and, you know, I was a good Um And, uh, you know, comparing that to say Maury's Piers, which I also did that trip for the first time, you know, mm -hmm. Ocean City is a little bit rough around the edges. And, and the coasters reflect that too. So, but I know you yeah. guys have good memories there. Yeah. Um, but you know, what's interesting is you guys mentioning both mind eraser and, and, uh, and the, the boomerang there um, at, at yeah. uh, ocean city. Um, those are both, uh, you know, old school Vacomas. And one of the things they both have in common is the over the shoulder restraints. And, you know, we yeah. talked about earlier how you guys have been around so long as a podcast where you've seen things change, you know, in the industry. And one of the things we're seeing change here, which is exciting um, for coasters with the technology and, and improvements and, and, and the competition is a much better restraint systems where yes. we're, we're, you know, moving away from over the shoulder restraints, even on inverted coasters. And the two companies that do that the best, in my opinion, are uh, Intamin and Mach. They both have, uh, you know, well, even Mach, believe it or not, has like a lot like um, Intamin has intense coasters, uh, Bluefire, uh, but especially Ride to Happiness, which I just wrote for the first time last week, which is an yeah. amazing ride. Uh -huh. Amazing ride. You know, it's like time traveler on steroids makes time travel look like a kid's ride. Not exaggerating there. Uh, and but they're again, lap bar only. 
And so you don't have that headbanging. Uh, and it's just so it makes things more rewritable and more and more fun and exciting. And so I'm excited to see where the industry is going moving forward as companies move away from the over the shoulder restraints and and so forth. So but I totally understand what you guys mentioned those two coasters. So mm-hmm. um so yeah, so thanks for going through that. Now, of course, you know, we 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 can't, you know, end this interview without talking about coaster radio. So let's, let's dig in. So, you know, I've been a fan of the show now for, like I said, five, six years. So I have some familiarity with it, but, you know, there's always things for me to learn, but certainly for our audience to learn and get exposed to the show. So obviously, you know, you know, as I said, I've listened to a lot of podcasts, a lot of theme park coaster podcasts. And in my opinion, coaster radio is one of the best. And I'm not just saying this, I'm talking to you guys. You guys are awesome. <laughs> I have my reasons why I believe the for the answers to this question, but I'm curious what your guys' perspectives, obviously you have a very unique perspective being the founders and hosts of Coaster Radio. Why do you think that Coaster Radio has been so successful over the years? Oh, I think there's, I think we've talked some, some about it um, already. I think we, we try to make the show as accessible as possible um, to right. enthusiasts, but also uh, people who are new to the hobby. I think we, we did talk about the idea of, um, you said if you were out looking for a podcast, you wouldn't look for a podcast about basket weaving. But I think we actually have a small group of listeners that are not theme park fans and are not coaster enthusiasts. They just kind of like the rapport. They like the talking and 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 the guests and the um the games and the jokes. And I think Mike and I get along really well. And and the the audience numbers reflect that the people want to hang out with us, you know, every single week. And then that's that that's the the last thing I'll say is the uh the every weakness of it. We are very regular, very reliable. This is all to credit uh credit to Mike with the the sound quality, the reliability of the show, the professionalism of the show. We've held ourselves to a high standard I think all along so people know they can come back week after week and get a consistent product. Yeah, and I'd say that's like those are, yeah. Oh, oh, Mike, oh, what about you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, one of the things that we do every year is uh, a listener survey. And, um, yep. you know, that's uh, something that has really helped the show because, it, you know, people really are honest about what they want to hear and what what they don't want to hear. And sometimes it's it's hard to hear, uh, you know, criticism and stuff, but it's really, really helped us. Uh, the one thing that people say in those surveys is that listening to the show is like hanging out with friends. And I think, you know, it's not only me and EB on the show, but it's a lot of contributors from around the country and around the world who send in live trip reports or who come on the show and do different things. Um, when we do interactive topics, you hear from a lot of voices, um, you know, and 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 some of those people like become characters on the show and people that, you know. So uh, I, I one of the things that I always like about the show is it's, you know, yeah, it's me and EB are the hosts, but there are a lot of other people who are a part of the show as well. And anybody can be a part of the show. Any like one of the jokes that we always have is that our favorite thing is when people just create characters. Uh, we had a guy who would call mm-hmm. as, uh, the Christian Bale Batman and it would just crack us up because he would talk like this and he would just say funny things. And it, it, he became a regular part of the show for some time. And then all of a sudden he stopped calling, but and, and we missed him. But, uh, you know, so that that's what I like. I like that just, you know, a- anybody can become a star on the podcast uh, because we nice. really like to just open it up and, you know, and, and let people take ownership of it. Yeah, and actually, Mike, I think that's a, another kind of form of accessibility that that EB has been mentioning and mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. and I mentioned again here. And no, those are both. I, I think you know those are a lot of good reasons that you know as a as a listener and fan of the show, I agree with everything you both both have said. I think it's sort of maybe another flavor for me. What I think is great about the show is that it's a good. It's got a good balance. 
you guys are really good at covering the news, whether it be on you know theme park news from Costa Rica, which I do subscribe to. I get you know the the daily podcast. Oh yeah, uh, which is great. Which is which is tends to be a little more serious, a little more matter of fact. It's the mm-hmm. it's the news mm-hmm. wire, the five minutes. But even the news, you know, the segments, the 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 first drop and the quick hits, then the stories that you guys talk about each week in the beginning of the show, um, you know, and even the interviews of the other special segments you might do in a given episode, you know, you you have that sort of serious side, you know. But even the stories themselves, you want to inject some humor into, and you know, make it make it you know balance there. But beyond that, you do the character segments, you do the game shows, you know, you do the 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 the, the fun polls and surveys. You make it fun as well. So you've got a good balance of informative and fun, and you know, great format. So that that's kind of where I see things is why it, why it's good. Thank um, you. you know, because yeah, absolutely, and because you know, there are podcasts out there. I'm, again, I'm not going to start naming names where they do the thing where they're like, "What have you been up to? Oh, what have you been up to?" <laughs> and they go on for hours and it's just like you know yeah it's just hey some people love that and that's great there's nothing wrong with that but for me i like how you guys do it you guys you know you give me some information you give your opinions it, you know it's interesting to hear your opinions and you, you do some fun things because i love the characters and you know the game shows and stuff like that which i know takes a lot more work but so you know, can't do them a lot of times but hey when you do them it's awesome and just the fun you guys have it, that's the main thing i think so yeah, and you know, I think EB and I also grew up in D.C. where there was a radio duo on the air. First they did mornings and then they were in afternoons, uh, Don Geronimo and Mike O'Mara. And I think if somebody who listened to our show went and listened to old archives of that show, I think you'd hear a lot of similarities just in the style that it is. Um, even in the fact that like EB does voices and stuff like that's something they used to do, too. Uh, so I, I think that we sort of just patterned our show after a traditional radio broadcast show, which is why I think we sound a little different than other podcasts, you know, who do that more just open, turn on the mic and start talking and having a conversation. Um, and some people like the way we do it, but some people don't like the way we do it, you know, and that's totally cool. Some people want, you know, uh, people turning on the mics and no editing and, uh, long, yeah. you know, they, they like that because <laughs> they, 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 a lot of people say like, oh, well, that's real. That's real conversation. But I think EB and I really wanted to do that sort of like uh, late 80s, early 90s radio style uh, that we grew up with. And, you know, that's that's something I grew up listening to and loved it. And I like that Coast Radio still has a little bit of that sound. Right, right, right. No, that's a good point. And yeah, the morning zoo aspect. That's a really good point because I, I grew up in New Jersey. And uh, I, I grew up listening to like Z100 and uh, what is it, WPLJ95 sure. or whatever uh-huh. it was. And, uh-huh. and th- those guys, I love listening to the, like those two, sh- those two morning shows and like the phone scams they would do and the character voices. And, you know, this is before YouTube. And, you know, this is back when I was growing up in like the, the 80s and 90s, early 90s, you know, going to school and, and driving to high school, you know, in the early 90s and listening to those shows. And this is, again, before YouTube, before the Internet. And, you know, you didn't have, like, pranks and things like that. The only time you ever heard pranks, you know, professionally was listening to those morning news shows. Mm-hmm. And uh, and just, just I loved how creative. I remember some of them to this day. Some just, I, you know, I love laughing. And laughing, by the way, is another kind of part of the, that relates to the mission of this podcast. Because laughing is so good for you, mental health and whatnot. And theme parks help us laugh. Yeah. I mean, some great comedy shows and even rides can make us laugh and all that. But yeah, the, these morning zoo shows, you guys make me laugh and I appreciate that. 
Awesome. Um, and, and I reckon, yeah, yeah, no, you guys are hilarious. And that, that's what I love. And yeah, so for sure. So no, awesome. Awesome. Okay. So, you know, as I, as I mentioned, as we know, and you guys talk about being in the 17th season, Costa Rica has been around now for almost, almost two decades. So talk about maybe your favorite moments from the podcast over the years, anything that sticks out. Um, starting the meetups, I think is the answer to that. I, that was really a turning point for the show. Uh, Mike and I started doing the meetups as a result of our starting to, to launch the Patreon. And I think that was the first goal that we had was like, Hey, if you guys get on Patreon, we'll actually meet up and have a thing at the parks with you. And people responded and, and it was, it, it really brought us into a new era. I think of interactivity and, and face-to-face, um, interaction with, with the listeners, uh, the, the meetups have, have just become the highlight, um, event and episode. Um, every year of the show since then. Yeah, nice. I, I, nice. I I think so. so. Such so great. And I I got to be honest. When EB you know brought up the idea of doing the meetups, I was terrified that it would be a huge failure. <laughs> you know, like that we'd show up in a meetup oh. and there'd be like three people or something, and and they would be there just for the food, you know, or something like. That. So so it I I was I was so happy about that. Uh, for me, uh, big moments from the show have been where we get to talk to you know, those celebrities in the theme park world, you know, people mm-hmm. who, who are Imagineers or people from Universal Creative or, you know, people who uh, have created these things that we love, you know, and like, and you really get to hear about their design uh, skills. And, you know, Joe Rody from Disney Imagineering was one of my favorite guests that we ever had on because it, he sat there for 30 minutes and kind of gave a seminar about design and what goes into mm-hmm. something. And, uh, you know, and, and answering questions like I remember I think about it all the time where I, I said, well, what is it like, you know, creating a ride that's going to be there for 30 or 40 years? And he corrected me right away. And he said, well, you know, uh, I, I don't know what's going to be there for 30 or 40 years. I hope it will be. And that's what every Imagineer does. They they don't just take that for granted. Yeah. You, you hope about that. And I always think about that, Um, you know, especially like, you know, when I see things that he created that are still standing. So. Uh, that's great. But also the behind the scenes stuff. That's my favorite. That I think one of the reasons that we created Coaster Radio is to see behind the scenes at a park. And to me, that's always exciting. Um, sometimes getting to park backstage and uh, we always joke about it, like seeing the log flume vehicle that's just sitting over there on the side. And, you know, <laughs> oh, oh, my God, look at that. Look at that ride vehicle over there. You know, and like it just it's it's sitting there like rotting away. But it's so magical, you know, like and I know that's that like one man's trash is another man's treasure but uh to me just <laughs> that type of stuff and seeing what goes on uh away from where the guests can see is always cool mm-hmm. that's fun yeah no those are that, those are great and yeah just i uh, touched upon those uh the last one you mentioned you know i have enjoyed going kind of behind the scenes backstage you know as part of being a part of the coaster challenge originally the youtube channel when i first met david uh four years ago almost five years ago and then the podcast you know we've been uh, working with the parks more and getting on the media list and, and helping promote the parks and uh, you know and and you know a lot you know I I've got some and I'm not certainly going to name names again but I, I have some enthusi uh, friends you know they've got YouTube channels or influencers on Instagram and they're part of the media list and they go to the media events and they think it's about them and they enjoy themselves and they might post about it but for me yeah I'm enjoying myself but yeah I I'm there to help promote that park that's why I'm invited to that event representing Coaster Challenge and posting about videos the stories we covered a lot of these events because we're a podcast in the podcast itself. And, and I love working with the parks and helping these places that I love so much 
you know, improve themselves and get word about new attractions or events or whatever's going on. And, you know, SeaWorld, for example, here in Orlando puts on amazing media events. And I really appreciate our relationship with our media team. And, and you know, it's, it's really fun to go to those events and, and, you know, do backstage tours of coasters. Like we did one for Icebreaker. Um, you know, I've done one of our other coasters too and other rides. And yeah, it's just awesome to see the inner workings and, 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 and the, you know, what, what they say the public doesn't see and see how these parks work and so forth. It's really fascinating. Uh, and, you know, it's, you know, you guys, you know, mentioned the, the meetups. Uh, in a way, you inspired uh, me in our first season here last year in 2021 uh, here in Coaster Challenge. And again, being a first season podcast, we didn't have, we, we still have Patreon. I don't know if we have a lot of Patreon. But, um, you know, we didn't have a large listenership. We're growing, certainly. But in that first season, I said to David, hey, uh, you know, this, this little coaster over here in Velocicoaster just opened up. And you're already planning to come to Florida. You know, why don't we have a why don't we do a meetup at Velocicoaster when you come to Florida this October? This is October of 2021. And we decided to do it. We, you know, Mike, like you said, I was a little nervous. Like, oh, is this going to be a failure? Because our goal, we set a goal. And the goal was to fill up a train on Velocicoaster. And it's uh, 24 seats. Mm -hmm. 12 rows 24 seats and again brand new podcast and we filled up that train great so, yeah know, we you know and, and we had a fun day and it wasn't just Velocicoaster. we did that at the beginning of the meetup but um about half of the meetup uh about 12 of us wound up hanging out the rest of the whole day together and several of the people and this is one of my favorite things several of the people that were there for the meetup they had never not only never been a Velocicoaster. In fact, two people that day, it was their 200th coaster riding Velocicoaster as part of our meetup, which was which was even more epic for the whole thing. Uh, but several people that were there that day had never been to Universal before, or even a park like that. And it was I love someone going to a park for the first time and taking them and touring them around my one of my favorite parks or home parks, and especially something epic like that. It was such an amazing day. And you guys inspired me to to you know to encourage David and for us ultimately to have that meetup and and uh, even though I had not done a Costa Rica meetup, just listening to the podcast from the meetups, you know, from Silver City, from uh, from Magic Mountain, et cetera. Uh, so, and actually, that's a good segue into our uh, my next question, which you know, again, I know that Costa Rica fans really enjoy the the, the annual or roughly annual meetups. And now COVID mm -hmm. got in the way of that, which is not your ice's fault, of course. That's that's the that's the world. That's the world. The world works that way sometimes. Uh, but you've picked them up again, uh, which is great. But uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier. I encouraged David to go to the 2019 one at Magic Mountain in LA, and he had an awesome time. He still talks about it to this day. I remember him calling me afterwards, like, Andrew, I met Mike and EB. Oh, wow, they were such nice guys. We had lunch together, wrote, wrote, wrote uh, X2 together. And, yeah, you know, he just had a great, great day. Uh, and then, you know, just a couple of months ago here, a few months ago, uh, I finally got a chance to go to a meetup with you guys. I, I, I uh, tagged a a few friends of mine along and said, Hey, you know, and they were not Costa Radio listeners. They're not big podcast listeners. And I said, mm -hmm. Hey, this, this, this podcast goes to radio, which they had heard of. Uh, they do awesome meetups and David's been to one and I've heard great things and we're doing, they're doing a Bush gardens. Let, let's go, let's go. And so they signed up and we all went uh, and we had a great time. And I remember, you know, talking to you guys believe you're there. And, and uh, one of the things I will tell you guys um, is uh, a couple of those friends, again, not listened to Costa Radio before, they told me afterwards, and they're not podcast people at all. They loved the live recording. They really enjoyed that. Oh, that's oh, great. That's great. So I, I really, so good. yeah, I really, I really thought that was something. So, you know, you've heard me talk about Europe and, uh, you know, I, I, I could talk, I could talk for hours, but this, this, this episode, this, this interview is not about me. 
though I've, I've, you know, I've not talked much about, you know, these recent trips to Europe. Uh, oh, by the way, um, so quick, quick aside that relates to this. You guys are probably what now pretty behind on the um, on the trip reports because of all the Orlando um, uh, meetup episodes and everything. Is you guys are behind like playing a lot of trip reports? Is that right? Yeah, we're way behind. We have so many backlogged uh, that uh, okay. <laughs> we've got to okay. figure out how to get to all of them there. And I mean, there are some that are like months old at this point that we have to figure out yeah. how to get into the next season of the show for sure. That's what I figured because I, I'm not trying to put you on the spot or anything, but I figured that's what the case was. So I figured it was okay to bring this up. Um, I, I had sent you guys some maps from the the trip I did in October, and I pointed out that yeah. hopefully you guys can play my play because I I sent you. I, I'm just proud of this. And, you know, you guys have played a lot of my trip reports before, and I I, I called in with like when Harrison's first opened, mm-hmm. when uh, Rise of first opened. You guys have been awesome playing those. Uh, but I called in, or you know, or use the app, the CostaRita.com app, which is awesome, and I love using the live recording thing in there to do the trip reports. Um, I did a series of trip reports from most of the parks I went to back in October in Europe, and hopefully, you guys will get a chance to play those at some point. You'll you'll get what I'm not going to necessarily share here about you know some of the amazing experiences I had in Europe. But again, like I said, I just went there again and hit uh, some new parks, but also some of the same parks uh, for their winter fest. Uh, cause I heard from, from friends that they're legendary there in Europe. They're not like the winter fest here. They open all the coasters. They have special, you know, you can get night rides for the, you know, for these rare night rides and, you know, things like that. And I had an amazing time and you guys have talked about before coming back to coast radio about, you know, possibly doing like a bus tour in Europe as, as a meetup for one year, like really going mm-hmm. epic. So do you guys think that, you know, you actually might, might do that? I mean, is that just kind of, kind of talking, talking just talking smack or, or, or are, we, are you guys thinking about doing that i i would love to do it i think that's a very realistic thing that could happen i just don't know when or the practicalities of it it's it's tough to just even i mean mike and i are busy with lots of other things and so it's hard to even coordinate a, a stateside weekend uh to get together let alone yeah coordinating a whole week i think it would be the sort of thing where we would just have to at some point bite the bullet and then just arbitrarily say all right we're gonna do it August 2026, book it, do it, put it on the calendar. You know, before right. any other commitments even existed, we would just like choose it and make it happen um, and then have to plan everything else around it. You know, it, yeah. so it's a, it's a matter of prioritizing. And I think the way that right. we have to do it is, uh, yeah, who was it, EB, that we were talking about? Who who The does Great the... British Ghoster Club. Yeah. Oh, we might, yeah. 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 I, I think what we would have to end up doing is just like turn it over to them and say, you guys plan it, you know, and we'll, you know, we'll get 40 people to come and, you know, I'll show up at London Heathrow and that's where it would take off. So I I think like if we could take ourselves out of the planning and let those guys who know those parks and know that area do it um, and all we had to do is get our 40 people there, then I think I, I bet it would happen. Then I, th- I think it's like if we could remove ourselves from the the hard work of that and just show up and do podcasts and stuff, I think that would be good. Yeah, I mean, the content that you guys will be able to get, you know, from those parks and just talking to locals, just interviewing locals and I'm yeah. sure you probably get some of the park officials there and, and you know, you know, given the given the cloud of coaster radio and so forth that, that you've built up over these, again, almost 20 years now, you guys can generate a lot of content and have a blast. I mean, I, you know, uh, I love the parks in the U.S. I have some great, great parks I, I've been to. I mean, my number two park in the world is five minutes away, Universal Orlando. But um, I, I, these European parks, especially continental Europe, 
uh, Germany in particular are just incredible. And, and uh, yeah. I'd love to see you guys experience them because of how much I know you love the theming combined with the coasters and just the mm-hmm. whole package. And yeah, I, I am, you know, you may think I'm crazy, but uh, Fantasyland, for example, it exceeds Disney and Universal in every way. Oh wow! Yeah, it's the number one theme park <laughs> in the world for me. It's just on, uh, over the top theming and the, the quality of their coasters, the elite level of their coasters, their water rides, Chiapas, the amazing logs, and all this stuff. You know, it's just I think you guys would be blown away. And you know, you just if, if you can't, if you never get around to having the time to plan it as a, as a coaster radio event, go just the two of you go have a have a bros trip. You know, the two of you go out there <laughs> and do these parks, Europa Park, Fantasyland. Because you guys will just be blown away by how amazing they are. But it would be awesome to have a quick radio thing, a bus tour or whatnot. But anyway, so it's just curious, given how much passion I now have for these European parks, that if you guys would be uh, would want to do that. So, And actually, that's a good segue into my next question. I didn't plan it this way. It just kind of works out this way. You talked about the issue of time. And I get it. You guys talk about it a lot in the podcast. You both now are parents. You've got your jobs. You, you know, you the podcast itself, just even doing a quote-unquote regular episode obviously takes a lot of work and planning and whatnot because of how polished you guys are it obviously takes work and editing etc so you know let, let's do like let's let's use a magic wand we'll use a harry potter wand in the wizarding world here if you weren't time limited every week if you had like you know an you know call it an infinite or just a large amount of time each week to do for the podcast the magical way to do that you know how would you change the format of coaster Rita? what things would you love to do that you don't do now Wow. I, if I could, if we could like wave a magic wand and do whatever we wanted, I would make every episode of the podcast be a meetup. I think that'd be awesome to have every nice. episode, nice. to have, to have every episode be live in front of an audience and, and be um, a day at the park. I think that would be amazing. That nice. is nice. That I mean, is you guys crazy. are, you guys are natural, like having now experienced a live episode in person, not just hearing it, you know, just on the podcast feed, but being there for it. You guys are really good naturals, kind of quote unquote on stage. You like you seemed you just so comfortable up there, which was awesome seeing seeing you guys like that. So I get it. Yeah. I think we could totally yeah, do that. That'd be, fun. That'd be interesting. For, yeah. for me, I think it would be traveling more. Um, I think it, if if it were like Coaster Radio was the full time job, I think it would be visiting more parks so there'd be more content, more uh, stories to tell. I think the best part of any roller coaster or theme park podcast is when the people talk about their trips to the park. Um, those are my favorite. When I listen to other people's shows, I like it when they tell, you know, what they did at the park, what was going on and, you know, like their stories from in the lines and in the restaurants and all that stuff. I, so I, I think that would be great. Um, I, I, I would like to, you know, travel across the world a little more, a little across the country a little more. Um, also, I think right. it would be fun to like set up, you know, uh, more game shows, more interviews. And those are all the things that take a huge amount of time uh, to get those type of things ready. So I, I, I'd like that. Also, it'd be fun to maybe do a spinoff of Coaster Radio. Like I've always thought it'd be fun to do like an interview uh, series, you know, with like big names in the industry and it just be uh, those interviews as part of a second feed. So or a third feed, I guess, because we have theme park news. But um, again, those are things that, you know, to chase down those big interviews takes a lot of time. Uh, a lot of effort, um, which, you know, it is, uh, we don't have a lot of time <laughs> these days, you know, just enough to kind of do what we do. So, but yeah, it, that's always right. the to be able to do that for a living. Be great. 
Right. No, that, that, that makes a lot of sense too. And, you know, it's funny, you guys, this is now last April, April 1st, last year of, of 2022, you guys did that. The, uh, the, the Disney guys, you know, kind of a, a spinoff parody of Coaster Radio, like kind of doing like a Disney focused podcast, but <laughs> which was, which was really funny. Again, that was some of the humor of, of Coaster Radio there big time. But even before that, you know, Mike, again, I know you're the big Disney guy, which I can relate to because, again, I across the whole theme park spectrum. I love the highly themed stuff, you know, Disney Universal, et cetera. Um, and, and, you know, you had mentioned, this is going back to maybe a couple seasons ago, uh, Walt Huggers, which I love, love puns, love double yeah. entendres. Mm-hmm. So I love that, the idea of that name of like, oh, are, he, are they going to do like a kind of a, a whether it be a, even a, 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 a coast radio, like somewhat serious, but fun Disney podcast, or are they going to have like a real fun parody on it, making funny Disney fans or something. But, um, you know, at least you guys did that, that the April Fool's episode, which was kind of a, a way of doing that in a, in a one episode format, which was great. But uh, I love that name, Walt Huggers. That was hilarious. Yeah, that was, that, that was fun. That was fun. It was that came from an idea, I think, that we had where, you know, uh, the Coaster Radio podcast gets a certain number of listeners. But we always said if you do a Disney podcast, it's five times the number of listeners, because that's what where the podcast audience is. And that's why there are so many Disney podcasts. I mean, uh, it's the regional, the regional parks get a lot of people, but you know, the Disney parks gets, you know, a hundred times that of what the regional parks do. So that's where the, the listeners are. And we always thought, what would it be funny if we just did a, you know, on the side to that audience direct. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That'd be funny. Right. Right. Yeah. I I get, I get that. Cause one of the other podcasts I listen to theme park related is uh, the Diz. You know Pete Werner, um, uh, Dreams Unlimited Travel, that whole conglomerate, and I love I love Pete. You know his his opinions. And are you guys familiar with that podcast? By the way, that is. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. So, because you know one of the things that's famous with Disney is you know we talked about media being on media list earlier earlier, and you know if you're you know um, like the Tim Tracker, he's a big Disney blogger. If you're a Disney blogger, you cannot. You've got to be really careful about what you say about Disney. I mean, you've oh, got to sure. be really. You know, they, you know, but what I love is, is like you like kind of like what you said there, Mike, is like these Disney podcasts and there are YouTube channels. Well, the Diz um, is they they can be so huge and the Diz is so huge. Plus, with Dreams Unlimited Travel, they book, you know, millions of dollars of business for Disney every year and the hotels and everything else, the cruise line. And so Pete, he has such he is so important to Disney that he can be honest about Disney, not mean, not right. not uh, not non-factual, but he is honest about his opinions about the restaurants about the park he was one of the most outspoken people about chapek uh, yes. and i love that like i was saying earlier eb i love that you're honest about your opinion even if it's controversial you know if you're not honest in life you're wasting your time you know mm-hmm. and and so mm-hmm. i i get that these bigger disney podcasts they, they they can have like this huge audience to the point where you know you can even be honest about disney and and so forth so i, so I get what you're saying but um so so yeah, I, I appreciate again. That's sort of a thought experiment talking about you know if you had all the time in the world and you kind of both said the same sort of thing in a way the travel, the meetups, you know, because both those are involved travel and I totally get it. Or and I know Mike, you love love the game shows and interviews and things. Yeah, like that. those all make a lot of sense. So, but you know, and and granted, in the, now we're back to reality. You can't do those things all the time. So we just got to be able to cherish and appreciate when you're able to do those things. You know, yeah. the once a year meetup or so. You know, the occasional game show. Yeah, that. absolutely. So, and you and, just, you know, you, know, you yeah. put in as much effort as you can into those when you do get to do them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, I we've had some fun here. And for like the really the last question 
I'm going to ask about Costa Rica. I, I promise we would definitely be injecting some fun here. So I'm guessing, uh, I'm guessing EB is going to answer this one, but because I know EB, you're the one to more do this, but Mike, if you want to do one, you're certainly welcome to. So one of the things that Costa Rica is known for, and this has come up multiple times here in our discussion today, is its character segments. So responding to this question as that character, which character is your favorite? <laughs> oh well i suppose it's harry potter <laughs> i like Hagrid; he's the best now it doesn't really work as well with him without mike putting the music behind it it just sounds like me being stupid <laughs> Hagrid is my favorite i think Hag i think Hagrid, Hagrid is, is. Is, is funny because it's a really really bad impression yeah um, all of the other characters are are more of like original characters and so you can just do a dumb voice but to actually be trying to impersonate the performance of Robbie Coltrane in eight <laughs> movies and then doing yep. it so badly. Yep. It's, it's just fantastic. And it's so fun and so weird and so dumb. And we've had so much fun with doing Haggard stuff with, uh, you know, Haggard will, we, we have to discuss sometimes when we like come up with a, uh, an idea for a sketch or something like that. It's like, well, wait a minute. Is he, is he like apparating in, or is he like arriving by flu powder <laughs> or are we, are we calling him on the phone and he's at universal? How is this going to work? And it's like, I don't know. I'm just going to make like a twinkling noise. You know, I've got a twinkling noise sound effect. That's how we'll do it. Whatever. It's like, okay, great. That's, no, that's great. That's great. And, and, you know, since unfortunately we lost Robbie last year, I think it's great that Robbie can quote unquote live on it. That voice of Hagrid his great voice, you know, can live on through UEB and, and well, and, uh, and that, that certainly uh, yeah. is the thing that uh, the Robbie Coltrane said, right. Was that, you know, Hagrid is, is somebody separate from Robbie Coltrane and, and Robbie Coltrane did leave us, but he said himself that Hagrid, Hagrid is still here. So that, that is wonderful. It's so great. Oh yeah. He's, he's with us with you. He's with us in the parks, you know, and uh, he's got a whole ride named after him and animatronic of him on it, which again, Hagrid's magic creatures motorbike adventures is I think one of the best family coasters out there. It's so fun. Uh, you guys both got to ride that, right? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, we yeah. got a night ride on it. It was really yeah. nice. Oh, nice. Awesome. Awesome. Another one that's great in the front because of the visuals and the spike. But yeah, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Sure. So I'm not necessarily a character on your show, but, I, I, you know, I'm not afraid to embarrass myself and, you know, in life. And I think that's another thing. It's a good life lesson is don't be afraid to not take yourself too seriously and so forth. <laughs> so when I, the first episode Whatever it was, it doesn't matter because they're all the same in this way. Uh, the first episode of Costa Radio I listened to, I remember where I was. It's just one of those things. I have a really good memory for things. I remember I was in uh, North L.A. and was up there for work. And I was listening to your episode, uh, this episode for the first time at night. And I, hear, I listen from the beginning and I hear Neil Patrick Harris's voice. I didn't really know anything about Costa Radio. And I, I'm not sure how I found you guys. And I... I'm like, whoa, 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 Neil Patrick Harris is part of a coaster podcast? What? Because, <laughs> you know, as I wasn't thinking, it's like so many people watch like sitcoms and they see, oh, oh, wow, they're in New York City. No, they're not in New York City. They're they're in a studio and, uh, you know, a studio soundstage in L.A. Or, or something like that. But it makes it look like they're in New York City, you know, that sort of thing. They're not usually on location, but you don't think about when you're watching. I wasn't thinking about when I was listening that. That oh okay yeah well that's that's the intro that's recorded and still very cool and I was fascinated that he was even involved with the show even on a recorded basis like that not necessarily part of every show but but certainly listening to the beginning of it I'm like whoa okay is he gonna be hosting the show but of course you know he just he does the intro and you guys have the No Patrick Harris project 
which, you know, I won't go into the, the details up here because it's a long thing, but I encourage any of our listeners to go to coasterhero.com. That's right, the name of the site, the name of the show, which is brilliant. Uh, and you can see the history of Coaster Coaster Radio, and you can learn about the Neil Patrick Harris Project. But fascinating how you guys kind of, you know, wanted to try to get him to do to be your announcer for the show and how you developed this friendship with him. And, you know, you just had him uh, do a couple of uh, recordings for the show during the holidays, which was great. Um, but uh, just fascinating that you guys kind of have him connect to the show. By the way, I saw him at Candlelight. Uh, I love Candlelight Processional, and I've been wanting to see him for years, but never lined up schedule-wise. I've seen Whoopi. I've seen some others. Um, Whoopi was great, too. But I finally saw Neil, and, you know, like he said in the episode where you guys uh, had recently, um, he had some different jokes each night, and I don't remember what the jokes were my night. Great. You know, I was, that, Neil Patrick Hallett, that Neil Patrick Harris personality just glowed there, <laughs> and he was just so yeah. fun at the beginning, making fun of, I think he made fun of Chapek in um, the night I was there, but yeah, I just love that you guys have that friendship with him, and and um, I think it's very touching, by the way, that the story that came up last season, where, you know, the, the close personal friend part, where you guys kind of felt weird about having that in, because like, you know, like you guys are like, hey, we're just, you know, regular guys, we got a podcast, but like, we're not Neil Patrick, you know, we're not, we're not his buddies, you know, and that where he feel, you know, he's like, no, you're my friend, you need to put that in. I thought that was so... <laughs> Touching. That's so awesome. Yeah, so, that was nice. That was like, yeah, we put it back in the next week because he was like, hey, yeah, and I, I noticed, yeah. yeah, I saw you cut it out. Yep. Yeah, I love hearing that. I love hearing that. So no, that's that's awesome. That's so cool. So uh, so anyway, so yeah, thanks for talking about Coaster Radio. Of course, you guys have an awesome podcast. Love listening to it every week. Uh, so this next uh, question is kind of our last main question we ask all of our guests. Uh, definitely would love each of you to answer this because this is definitely a personal personal thing like some of the earlier questions uh you you've been through kind of our our fear journey talking about you know conquering fear and and how that can benefit you and you guys brought up some good examples of that and talk, we talked a lot about theme park therapy being in the moment all these good things so in in the keeping in mind the mission of coaster challenge and you know the concept of theme park therapy and things like that you know what advice would you like to give those that are listening can be anything. Ooh. Um, I hope that you can, I, I, I know for a lot of people who listen to the podcast um, for, for Costa Radio, and I, I mean, all of us, we would love to spend every day in the park. Um, we would love to spend every day riding roller coasters. That would be fantastic. Like you just asked about what would we do if we had all the time that we had. Um, sure. I, I, th I think my advice would be to, when you do experience something at the park that's positive, make a real effort to lock that in and you know when you file it away in your memory make sure you put it somewhere that you can easily access it and come back to it um so that when you're not at the park that you can go back and you can remember that that happened um and i i, I kind of mentioned this before about the ups and downs and that and that sort of thing remember that um you've had hard days before and they passed and then you had a fun day again and so if you're having a really hard time Remember that you've had a hard time before and you did get past it and you had another fun day after that. And so it is going to get better. <laughs> you know, if you can't be at the park every day, just don't worry. You'll get back there soon. Right. That's that's my advice. That That's great. <laughs> and, you know, no one's ever shared that before. I love it. I love it. And and um, actually, just to touch upon, you know, just relating to the first thing you mentioned, you know, one of the things I love about this hobby 
is, yeah, we have our, you know, you guys talk about this, you know, periodically, you know, Mike especially seems to be into this, you know, he'll spot an auction for like some, you know, a, 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 a uh-huh. part of a coaster car or a seat or a wheel, you know, some something like that, or, you know, having that as a, as a collectible at home, you know, or even just buying a poster, you know, wearing our coaster shirts or pins or buttons or whatever we, we collect or, or nano coasters. Yeah, there's certainly a materialistic side to this hobby or there can be. But fundamentally, this is not a materialistic hobby. This is an experiential hobby. And I, when I was at uh, Fantasia Land for their winter trip, their winter festival last week, I, I was um, in line to get in the park. And, uh, you know, again, I love meeting people at parks. And I, I noticed these people behind me, they were talking in English because a lot of people are talking German at the German park. And it turned out it was a mom and a couple of her sons and one of her son's friends. And the two sons, they were clearly, especially the younger one, big time coaster enthusiasts. And I started talking to them. And, you know, of course, it's Christmas time. They're talking about what they're getting for Christmas. And the mom was like, you know, hey, I brought you guys here. They're from the UK. I brought you guys here. And I, and I said, you know, I said to the mom, I said, you're an awesome mom because you're giving your kids for Christmas. You're giving them amazing experiences at one of the most amazing theme parks in the world. And these experiences, those memories you have, you basically have forever, you know, as long as you have good memory in your life, which is pretty much hopefully your whole life. Uh, and and you'll never you, you'll never lose those for the most part, you know, versus, you know, a uh, some tangible item. It's just nowhere near as meaningful. And, you know, and like like you said, EB, you know, you may not be able to go to the park every day. You know, I live five minutes from Universal Orlando. I feel very fortunate. I, I love living here in Florida. I moved here, you know, five years ago almost. But I don't go to the park every day. I don't have time for that. I've got my job. I've got my my dogs. I've got other responsibilities. I've got other interests besides theme parks. But I've got life going on. And I don't go every day, but, and that's fine. I don't need to go every day because I have the memories of the last time I went and I can look forward to going in a few days or a week or whenever I go next. And so it's not important, like you said, to go every day. It's just it's have those memories of when you went most recently or, or maybe, maybe it was some time you went a few months ago and it was a really great day with the people you were with or the, the rides you did or whatever it was. And, ha- and cherish those memories and use those memories to keep yourself going until the next time. No one has given advice like that before. And I and that's one of the things I love about this question. David mentioned this before we started recording, is we've done now about, what, about 100 of these interviews here so far in, in this show. And basically, no advice has been the same. It's what's so powerful about this question. So thank you for those answers. Those are great answers. Great. And Mike, no pressure. No pressure. You did so good there. <laughs> But um, again, I know you can be competitive with the games and stuff, but okay, so here's your chance. You're on stage now. There we go. Uh, for me, I think the advice that I would give, and I've, I've been talking a lot with family and friends about this recently, but uh, and, and it goes back to the topic of fear. But to I, I would tell people, and this is one thing I've been working on in my own life, is not letting fear keep you from great experiences. And whether that be riding a roller coaster or starting a podcast or starting a family. I mean, there are so many things to be afraid of in this world, but I think those fears keep us from having great times and having great experiences. And I think that if we just put everything into perspective and, you know, and, and, and go for it in, in, in these situations, our lives become so much better. Um, I, I, in the last couple of years, there've been so many things that I've done, you know, kind of like taken leaps of faith, and, uh, you know, it, it's worked out. And there have been times in my life where I've sat back and said, oh, I'm not going to do that because I'm worried about something bad that could happen and I miss out on great things. So 
you know, if you want to start a podcast, go and do it. Don't worry that somebody out there is going to tell you that it's not good. I mean, with us, with Coaster Radio, we 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 put out the podcast <laughs> right away. We were called posers and losers and jerks and uh, every other name in the book. You know what? But it's uh, who cares? You 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 keep pushing. You keep pushing forward. And and we had great have had great experiences because of you know like things that I wouldn't trade for anything. So. That's that's my advice. It's not, you know, don't let fear stop you from doing what you want to do. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I love it. And so a couple of things I touched upon there, Mike, you know, you talked about kind of the, you know, the people that criticized you guys when you guys first started, which again, I wasn't aware of those things because I wasn't listening back then. But, you know, I'm not surprised. And that's not about you guys. That's more about human psychology, human nature. You guys were the new guys on the block. You weren't Susie's, you know, you were just kind of people talking about coasters and, and theme parks. Uh, and you developed cloud over time. And, 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 you know, that's what happened. But you still kept going. You persevered. And, you know, haters are going to hate, as they say. And no yeah. matter what, yeah. no matter how good you're doing, if you're starting out something, you know, there are going to be haters out there. There's going to be haters 10 years, 15 years down the road. You know, it, it, you know, even now you guys might have, have the haters. And you just, that's noise. Those are negative, toxic people. They're not the people that matter. People that matter, you know, you guys see it every week with your listenership, with your numbers, with the, with the Patreon, with the people that show up at the meetups. You know you guys are doing something right, and that's what matters. Uh, you know, and as far as you know, you're talking about how, you know, if you if you can get past fear, if you don't let fear fear from stopping you, you can have enjoy great things in life. And that, you know, that is so tremendous. And and so when we talk about our fear journeys, yeah, the fear journeys about the theme parks, the coasters, but by conquering fear, and this is one of our big, you know, theories, if you will, on the show that we we test and we we investigate with each guest we talk to. By conquering fear, say, in the parks, in these safe environments, it helps people. This is what we believe. It helps you to face fear in other areas in your life. It's mm-hmm. I call it fear training. It's it's like it's like going to the gym. Instead of working out a muscle, you're training your brain, you know, doing this mental training. Mental training is a very much a real thing. And and it's so powerful. And it's another thing that's lovely about this hobby. We have this fun as fun as heck hobby that we all have that can be so good for us and can be so enriching for our lives. So, yeah. and that's another reason why, well, you know, it's great to have Coaster Radio because you guys are, you know, supporting this hobby and getting people interested in this hobby. You mentioned, I think, EB, that you have listeners that, you know, aren't necessarily into the parks, but you never know one day after listening to, you know, dozens upon dozens of episodes, there might be something that comes up where like, you know, oh, I'm really curious to check that out. And they go to the parks and they, you know, you never know what might happen and, and where they might have a, a fear moment where they conquer fear or just an immersive moment where, you know, they're able to battle, you know, stress and, and, and just start enriching their lives in that way. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's awesome. So thank you both again, great advice and unique advice there. Appreciate that. So the very last thing uh, that we'd like to do is we do this of course with everyone is we're all about um, we're not just, you know, here for ourselves for coaster challenge, we're here to help each other. We love working with people. We're not competitive with any other podcast out there. Uh, we we love to help promote people, a podcast, a YouTube channel, you know, just an influencer, parks themselves, of course, that we have on the show. So you guys, obviously, another podcast. We would love to, it maybe, you know, you guys have a huge listenership. You never know. Maybe someone listening to this podcast today is not aware of Coaster Radio, would like to check you guys out. So please, you know, share your website, your social media, how people can find you guys. 
very simple. Like you said before, the name of the show is the name of the site, coasterradio.com, and uh, all of our socials at Coaster Radio. We're just about everywhere. Uh, if you like the show, um, then you should become a subscriber. And so go to your favorite podcatching device um, or, or app or website and, and subscribe to us, coasterradio.com. And we mentioned also the, the the daily podcast. We have the weekly hourly podcast, but also a daily news feed. Um, and that's fun if you want to put it on your smart speaker device or you can subscribe to that as a podcast. Uh, and then the last thing I'll say is the easiest way to get all of the content all in one happy, um, healthy place is our Apple iTunes um, app. We have a coasterradio.com app. You can go right onto um, the Apple store and you can download it from the app store right there. And you've got episodes, you've got content, you've got the whole back catalog, you've got the theme park news. It's all right there. Awesome. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about the app. I have it. I use it, like I said earlier, for the trip reports. And it's an awesome app. It's really well well done. Uh, and uh, yeah, so thank you for mentioning all those different ways of, of uh, getting to Costa Radio. And uh, hopefully maybe you'll uh, get some new new followers and listeners and so Great. forth. So th- yeah, yeah, you never know the audience. I'm assuming your audience keeps growing, right? You see it in the numbers? Yeah, that's been the great thing. It's just over time, you know, it's just slow and steady as especially as more people find podcasting. And uh yeah, it's it's been, you know, we're just blessed to have that happen. That's great. Awesome. That's so fantastic and so well deserved. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, guys. I know how busy you are. I really appreciate you guys joining us today and, and having a chat with me. It was really fun and informative as these interviews tend to be. And uh, you know, thank you so much again. All right, thank, thank you so much, Andrew. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to see more of us, we upload every Friday. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all at Coaster Challenge. Links are in the description below. Thanks for joining us here today.